everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. And today we're going to continue on with talking about the Oracle and the Mountain. Indeed. Oh my gosh. Where did we leave Roland and Jake last? Uh, last we saw uh, Roland and Jake were uh, somewhere on the edge of the Mohane Mountains, right outside of the speaking ring, when the drugs began to take hold. Wait, time out. There's a name for this mountain range? No, no, no. Sorry. The desert is called the Mohane Desert. Yeah. He had, this is another one where, like, Stephen King was kind of writing it all on the fly. And then as he came out with sequels, he was like, oh, yeah, I should probably put give a name to the desert. So we're in at the edge of the Mohane Desert, if you're curious. Oh. Oh, before we start. Yes. I would like to um, give you some Stephen King trivia. Ooh, go for it. dun 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 it's time for uh, Nick's trivia moment um, of things that he just learned that maybe Kevin already knows. Or maybe doesn't. We'll, um, we'll see. Well, this one was a big one, actually. I, I did a lot of research on this one, um, and it was very interesting. So I have multiple trivia questions for you. All right. Um, first one is, where did Stephen King go to college? He went to the University of Maine Orono Orono campus. Well done. You even knew the campus. <laughs> I don't know Maine very well. Is that, is that like... Uh, I think it's Bangor, maybe? I'm not... I also, like, for all of my King reading, I never really look at a map. I'm not really a geography yeah. guy. Let's see. My, my main knowledge is uh, uh, Acadia National Park, which is beautiful. Yeah, we went to, uh, like, a cabin in Maine uh, in, like, July of 2020, and had a nice little vacation there. It was very good. So there you go. It is in Orono, Maine. Uh, mm. it, hold your hand up. It, what part of Maine is it? Like northeast, north, uh, southeast? Okay, so if this is the hand and there's a little, like, little bit of the arm is the left, uh, it's kind of towards the, uh, you know, it's not quite at the fingers yet, but it's at the uh, sort of the... Uh, to the left of the thumb, and sort of, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that was very descriptive for the people at home. Indeed. Uh, I would say it's in, um, what is it, southeastern Maine, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, all right, so second question. Um, while he was there, um, what job did he have? Oh, was he a janitor or a teacher's assistant? I want to say janitor. Mm. Librarian. So that's what I was looking for. But was it librarian? You might be right with the you might be right with the other two. Um, so third question: While he was a librarian in the stacks, who did he meet that he married? Oh, uh, let's see. Her first name is Tabitha. Obviously, her married name is King. Tabitha Spruce, I want to say. Oh, I didn't look up her her, her maiden, maiden name. name. Oh. Dang it. <laughs> but it's Tabitha was the word, the, the name I was looking for. So there good job. You go. He met his wife there while he was... Um, and man, I, I looked up a lot about their marriage and pretty much how um, everything sort of started and kind of saving Carrie from the... <laughs> 
from the trash exact, heap. Pretty exactly. Much. Yes, she is always his first reader, and you know he had written most of Carrie and then kind of threw it out, and he was like, "No, this is terrible. Whatever." And then his wife saw the manuscript in the garbage, and she kind of like flipped through it, and she was like, uh, "I mean, with a few edits and tweaks in here, I feel like this is still a good story." So it inspired him to uh, just continue with it, and in leading us to the constant mentions of people getting carried on stage and uh, having blood poured on them and stuff. <laughs> it's just incredible. Like it, it makes you think um, how close we all are to brilliance and, and just one moment taking it away. Like, and, and like, don't give up your dream, that kind of thing. It, it was a really inspiring article to read and like just how much, and they've been married. So they got married, what in 71, I think I saw, uh, I think there was two, Two years before our parents got married. Correct. Yeah, January second, nineteen seventy-one. So I was right. Her, so, maiden, her maiden name is uh, Tabitha Spruce. Good work. Thank you. Well done, sir. <laughs> um, all right, that's all the trivia questions I had. Um, nice. But a little bit will will come out more as we go through this um, part of the chapter because it seems like. As as many wives do, they they help their husbands achieve their dreams, and <laughs> not only did he he did Tabitha take does she go by Tabitha or is that like a, a formal name or is she like Tabby or everything uh, I see says Tabitha uh, so oh wait I have one more trivia question then Ooh, okay <laughs> I just thought of this one uh, it was. Um, well, this is, this is just a silly trivia question, not about this marriage, but about Stephen King in general. Um, I was like, does anybody call him Steve? Huh. And so I, 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 looked, I looked up Steve King, and <laughs> so this is definitely something I hope you won't get. There was a, um, a Republican uh, congressman or senator named Steve King that yeah, I don't know. Mr. Stephen King did not want to be associated with. But what but what state do you think that Steve King the if he's any the, Republican the law of person uh, I'm gonna say uh, you're not gonna get it. Oh no? Oh in that case then I don't know. Well, well give it a try. Fine. <laughs> uh you have, you have fifty states. Sure. I will say for some reason, I want to say still New England, so I'm going to say New Hampshire, because that feels like the closest semi-Republican state. No? Really? New Hampshire is not a Republican state at it's all. Not, but, no. um, well, I figured out of out of New England, I don't know. Well, I guess I don't not. know. not I'm saying the United States in general. Uh, this guy was from Iowa. Iowa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this person from Iowa that named Steve King that I, I don't even really want to bring up because Stephen King didn't want to be associated with him either. Um, and that's one thing I found that Stephen King is uh, a Democrat. It says that on his profile. Very much um, so. Yeah. You know, and I, I would believe that as well. Um, anyway, back to our more important conversation about Miss Tabitha. Um, so she saved Stephen, it seemed, from uh, at the ver- Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, yeah. In, in the 80s, he had a serious alcohol and cocaine problem. Uh, I don't know if it extended to any other drugs, but definitely he was an alcoholic and um, what was it? 
like is the, it cocaine? Uh, definitely, he you know he used uh, his his share of cocaine. Yeah, uh, yeah, in, that's fine. As I, far I, as I was trying to look up what what his drug of choice was, but, but I mean, obviously, he's doing better now, and that's great. But very like, much so. Going yeah. back. To, to our part of the chapter, which we're about to get to, and we're talking about more hallucinogenics and another drug will be brought up in a nope. while. All right. Right, Kev? Uh, well, I know, let's see, we, in our last session, we mentioned both mescaline and LSD. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I will have to, I'll get, huh. Yeah, you'll, you'll see it when we get to I'll it. see it when we get there, yeah. True. I, it's, a, uh, it's a very important part of this section. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's dive right in then. But one right, thing. One, the mountain. one uh-huh. more thing before we uh, go move on from Tabitha King. Just want to have it be noted that she is an author in her own right. She has published eight novels, two works of nonfiction. And that was sort of their Stephen and Tabitha's uh how they kind of became friends and moved on to a relationship was that the the two of them and uh, a few of their other friends became authors as well. Oh, it, yeah, it sounds like a wonderful it, it, fifty some some odd years now of uh, they have what uh, three kids and four grandkids. I think I, saw, I read that. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, three children, and, and then we talked about the children and uh, indeed. The, I think two of the two of them are writers, and one's a, a, a Unitarian minister. Right? I, I did not know that, uh, but I do know about uh, Joe Hill and Owen King. Yes, uh, both of whom are writers. Uh, yeah, the, the female one um, is the one who's a minister. I forget her name. Good for her. True. Wikipedia is surprisingly sparse on information about Tabitha King, but I guess. Stephen King would have. Maybe that's how she likes it. Also possible. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think my my King fact for next week is going to have to do with that. You know what? I'm not going to tell you. Never mind. Indeed. We'll, we'll leave you in suspense. <laughs> I like to surprise you with my weird questions. Hmm. So anyway, we're, we're at the Oracle Mountain, and uh, Roland and Jake... Um, uh, the, their camp. He's already taken his mescaline, right? Correct. Yeah. And 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 now we get into some of my favorite imagery that I, I've seen so far. Nice. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I really think um, this part would be beautiful as a, a movie. Hmm. You know. It's true. Like it's... like to see how they would film it. There is a Dark Tower movie, but I do not recommend watching it because I've uh, I, I, like from the a the fact that they tried to squeeze all seven books into one single movie means automatically there's yeah. going to be so many things and characters that they just, you know, tear away and uh, completely get rid of. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm sure I, I say take your time, make it a TV show, make it a, yeah, there's there, there, believe me, you're, this is well-trod territory and the, the Stephen King uh, fandom has been, fa- about this. <laughs> we, we've thought about it's, it's, the, it has been a whole cause of 
debate and speculation and the the Dark Tower uh, Facebook group that I'm a fan of had to eventually ban all fan casting of who people would put as Roland or Jake or oh, whatever because it became oh, almost daily oh Roland should be this person Roland should be that person so the but oh, yeah the, but just to say <laughs> that yeah I totally agree it should be uh, if not a if not a mini series, then definitely a full multi multi season series. But it's one of those things that Stephen King works have been adapted so many times that uh, like other things are a little bit easier to do. Like Shawshank Redemption, it's just you know guys in a prison who are talking to each other and one of them escapes. Uh, the Shining, it's you know, a haunted hotel and uh, there's some spooky shit happens. But whereas with The Dark Tower, it, there are so many different genres and so many different ideas happening all at the same time oh that it, be- it becomes much more difficult to adapt, is, is my I thought. Totally, I totally... Well, I mean, I don't know how this ends, obviously, but going into it and as we've been reading, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what world we're in. Like, so, yeah, you, as a, a filmmaker, you could have a lot of license. And, exactly, uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. The, oh, my goodness. I feel like this novel, in there are so many different genres that it goes through. I feel like it's almost a, I would call it a meta mystery that the the reader almost doesn't know what genre of the book that the book is going to be through as they're reading they're like oh is this a is it a western is it a sci-fi is it uh is it a revenge story who knows and so it's almost like the so, yeah the reader so has to figure it, it out reminds, yeah i i totally love that it kind of reminds me of uh firefly oh yeah like, when i've first started watching Firefly, I'm like, what is going on here? It's like, there's spaceships, but there's guns. What is happening in this world, you know? Um, that was a cool show that oh, ended too early. Loved it. But I mean, there's <laughs> also... Ser- Serenity was cool. I liked it. Serenity was great, yeah. But uh, it's one of those things that because it ended after only one season, you have the mental idea that it could have been so much better. But but we weren't disappointed by it going downhill at any point. So we always mm-hmm. assume that it would have been better. Who knows? Might have been worse. Yeah. Well, the problem is also... Um, Fandom in general has mm, changed very true from <laughs> the 90s to 2020s. So, like, I don't know. It, it, we could talk more about that when we get to Star Wars, I'm sure. <laughs> mm, oh, definitely. But <laughs> there is there is um, a franchise that the fandom has completely turned on, I would say. And the toxicity oh, has outweighed the childlike wonder that I grew up with. Yeah, just just appreciate this this work for what it is. Exactly. And stop trying to look so much into it. I, I guess that's what we're doing right now mm-hmm. as we do a podcast. And while anyone does a podcast, is is you you're trying to dive deeper into the subject matter. True. Um, but you know, also at the same time, it's like just let it be what it is and. Just have fun with it. It's supposed to be fun. Exactly. <laughs> and also, don't expect it to be anything that it isn't, or raise your expectations to say, oh, well, this isn't what I grew up with, therefore it's terrible. Or, oh, well, this doesn't agree with my particular ideology, <laughs> so it's terrible. Uh, like, there are so yeah. many different aspects of toxic fandom that have yeah. become a whole thing. Gotta, yeah. 
you got to check your nostalgia at the door sometimes. True. You got to be like, you know what? This is the things I liked when I was a child, but now I'm an adult. So, like, your uh, expectations are going to change. And that's not the filmmaker's fault or the, the writer's fault, you know? Precisely. And <laughs> also, the other thing is that you enjoyed it as a child because it was designed to be made for a child. But then there are things that are also designed to be made for a child that you don't like now that you're an adult watching a new thing. But meanwhile, it's yeah. probably very similar to the original thing that you loved. Yeah. <laughs> I could go yeah, on and there on. There was a thing at. I was going to say, there was a thing at Trivia about um, uh, we had crayons. We had to, it, it was a very cool round. You had, you had to like color in parts of things. Like One of them was like the, the Ninja Turtles, color in their, their masks, the correct oh, nice. colors. And, you know, um, but one of them was uh, the Teletubbies. And I was like, Ooh. what the heck? Why was the Teletubbies even a thing? And, and that's just one of those things. It's like a child. This was made for a child, exactly. and you're not supposed to understand it, you know? Um, yeah, but I, had, I did not get those colors correct. Uh, <laughs> true, yeah, I would have a hard time with that one. Uh, but that was that was a little uh, a little past our generation, I would say. Uh, I think Poe was red, uh, Tinky Winky was purple, Yeah, and then there was a... All I, and a, yeah, I could I could uh, tell you what they look like. I could I don't know for sure. I could tell you their names. I know one of them had a circle over their head. Another one had a straight line. Another one had a triangle. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there a square exactly. or what was the fourth one? Triangle. Well, in in the particular thing that she gave us, one had a top hat on, and I was like, oh. I don't remember anyone with a top hat. Was that to cover the one that was a straight line that just looked like a penis? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> that was how they retconned oh, uh, one of the Teletubbies. <laughs> oh, this is Top Hat now. Uh, <laughs> Put a hat on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently there was a big problem that one of them had a purse. Yes. And, uh, and someone was talking about it like, oh, this one has a purse. And it was like, first of all, I do... Do these things have genders? Do, uh, Irrelevant. Do yeah, care? exactly. It do, yeah. I, I don't give a crap <laughs> if it has a purse or not. But yeah, that's, you know, uh, anyway. It's it's all just gender <laughs> politics that, you know, it goes it goes very far back. And everybody's afraid of people a- acting outside of gender norms. And ugh, I'm real. This is, this is one of the things that I'm glad we as a society have kind of, if not gotten over, we're at least addressing more often now that... Yeah, who cares if one person has a purse, one person wears a dress, one person wears hiking boots, no. whatever. Yeah, be yeah. yourself. Because yeah. of crap. Exactly. Exactly. Be yourself. Nobody cares. Yeah. Lo- love is love. Um, emotions are emotions. Be who you are. Be happy. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, Oracle in the Mountain. Oracle in the Mountain. <laughs> so I think where we're at is the gunslinger walked deliberately toward the Circle of Stones. Correct. <clears throat> The gunslinger walked deliberately toward the circle of stones, pausing once to get a cool drink from the spring. He could see his own reflection in a tiny pool edged with moss and lily pads, and he looked at himself for a moment, as fascinated as Narcissus. I uh, just want to point out that in the original version, it's, uh, as you said, uh, pausing once, but in the uh, new version, it says pausing long enough to uh, get a cool drink from the spring. So, hmm. just uh, another little... Uh, Potato potato change, I would say that it basically it's just instead of 
it's just a more precise uh, terminology, I would say. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So that picture that I was showing you a second ago is that that I was saying. Where is uh, the illustration in my book is I don't know if you could see it well, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Roland sitting in front of a stream. Exactly like Narcissus. Uh, and I remember as a kid reading um, Greek mythology books. I, I loved Greek mythology. I still love Greek mythology. But there was that picture of Narcissus exactly the same way. When I saw <laughs> this, this, uh, this illustration, I was like, oh, my God, that's the same thing. But if you look back in the background of it, there you can see sort of the stonehenge-ish um, standing stones too. exactly the thick so basalt it, columns mm-hmm. it gives you that idea of you know so Roland's feeling good Roland Indeed. is experiencing everything right now um, exactly. as he's on mescaline that's just what happens Indeed. I wonder if the author if the illustrator Michael Whelan actually used some other uh, drawing of Narcissus looking into the spring as uh, inspiration for that Considering it's uh, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, mentioned specifically in the text, so I could see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so definitely he is uh, he's feeling everything. Uh, he mm-hmm. let's see. The mind reaction was beginning to settle in, slowing down his chain of thought by seeming to increase the connotations of every idea and every bit of sensory input. Things began to take on weight and thickness that had been heretofore invisible. He paused getting to his feet again and looked through the tangled snarl of willows sunlight slanted through uh, sorry sunlight slanted through in a golden dusty bar and he watched the interplay of motes and tiny flying things for a moment before going in i mean oh yeah, i really love that wordplay right there thought <laughs> increase the connotations of every idea that that's <laughs> You ever done mushrooms, Kev? Uh, technically, though, I don't think it worked. Basically, uh, I was just walking in, like, uh, I went for a hike and tried it. I mean, I stared at a bug for a while, but that's something I would tend to do normally anyway, so I don't know if that really counts. Uh, but, yeah, the in terms of what I've read about uh, hallucinogenics and mushrooms, this sounds very on par with either yeah. Stephen King had it described very well to him, or he probably took either mushrooms or mescaline at some point in his life before uh, writing this. It, it's such a great way to put it. It's mm. like everything, and, and he'll, he'll put other things uh, as we go forward, um, but it's like... Everything that was there gets heightened a little bit more, you know, like the connotations of things like the thing that you think that you're looking at isn't always what it is, you know, and he talks about uh, greens and and colors uh, as we go through this. I stared at a tree for once for far too long with my friends and we were just looking at going, oh, my goodness. Just look at it. Just take it all in, you know? And I know this sounds weird and all, but, like, it, it's 
it's not weird. I think it's no. it's interesting to to take in your surroundings and appreciate them for what they are. Exactly. You know? We we tend we so, spend we spend way too much time taking things for granted and just we assume we know what a tree is. So uh, it gets chopped down just because people think it's an eyesore or people uh, want to move a road or something. Or but on the inside, there's an entire microcosm of life. There's uh, between all of the birds and squirrels that live in there. There's all different like fungi that are intermingling with the tree and everything so there's there's so much more to a tree than just a tree yeah absolutely yeah you could sit and oh look at anything for a while and and find the the goodness and uh wonder in it or the badness too you you look at things Mm. (laughs) anyway so so that's what a lot of this this whole section is going to be so (laughs) that's why we're talking about it we talk about (laughs) This, uh, it is relevant to the story, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so one other uh, tiny little change there at the end. Uh, he, yada yada, watched the interplay of moats and flying things for a bit before going on. So, potato, potato. Moments, a bit, yeah. Huh. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> gotta make a change. Per exactly. Page, right? It's like he literally has to has to look through every single page and be like, oh, I, I guess I'll change this word to that word just so that it counts as a different version of the book. That brings up something that I've been thinking about, like being the creator of uh, any type of subject matter it, that gives you the, the freedom to just be like, no, actually... I'm going to change it to this. And it goes back to the whole, you know, George Lucas thing or, uh, um, Steven Spielberg. Many other yeah. examples. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And if you want to just go back and just make a little edit, you can. And the fandom needs to deal with that. <laughs> also true. I mean, the, the other thing is we have both versions. We can just look at the version we like. And if the creator wants to make a 10 different versions, they're fully entitled to, but as long as I've got this one, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's just wild to be able to create something. That's all I was oh, talking yeah. about. Just oh, the power gotcha. to. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Like, this is yeah. my world, so <laughs> it's not my world. Stephen King's world. I'm saying, but like, but, yeah, from the author's point of view, <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. Was, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I totally, <laughs> I totally agree. But see, there's the there's the problem. I almost wonder. It's like a song when the songwriter will say, oh, no, that's not what it means. It means this. But the song is already out there for someone else to enjoy, so they could put their own kind of spin on it. So I feel like the author has Mm. control over it until it gets out into the world, and then I feel like it belongs to the audience, to the reader. So it becomes a whole different thing, yeah. And I'll definitely, you know, as this whole project uh, goes through, I'm reading the expanded edition in minute detail for the first time, and, well, not expand, well, whatever, the 2003 edition of The Gunslinger for the first time, and... Uh, I, I, at first, I was all very like, no, I don't like it. It's not the version that I choose to read and blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. as I've been going through and kind of seeing, it almost seems like the smaller changes I agree with, but the bigger changes I disagree with. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I think agree and disagree aren't even the right words. It's it's Ooh. just like um, accept or well, not even that. I don't know. I could see it as uh, accept or reject. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's just like this is what it is, and, and like you can 
disagree all you want, but it, it, it is what it is, you know? So. True, true. But, I mean, I feel like that's the, the whole point of this podcast going into such tiny, minute detail is looking at all, every individual change that he makes and sort of asking ourselves why. And, uh, you know, yeah. feeling our just sort of uh, just uh, firsthand emo- emotional reactions to each each thing and kind of saying, OK, so how do we feel about this? How do we feel about that? And yeah. just kind of... Uh, I mean, the maybe accept or reject is uh, a little harsh, but I, I, th- I think that's yeah. even harder than agree and disagree. Agree. But yeah. I, th- I think um, what what you just said that made me think of it because I've said before that I'm not a very good writer, <laughs> so this is helping me. I think with my writing process good, as yeah. well, like listening to how like an amazing writer r- r- uh, edited his awesome work years later it's like wow if this guy had to come back and be like oh that was redundant or i needed to change that word or that was you know it's like okay cool so it's like working on the writing process too very true we we are literally seeing two separate drafts of this novel so it is uh, a peek into the into the writing process so yeah i'll uh, i love that uh, that idea yeah and just other things that he's like uh, nobody says take a powder anymore nobody says dig so we'll just kind of go through and maybe update it a little bit for the the current reader was it eat at joe's eat at joe's was in there that seems a little cheesy uh, no anachronistic (laughs) exactly yeah yeah. like they won't get that anymore and then that's the problem it's like uh, i I feel like art should be timeless and by doing this makes it like oh let's make it not timeless but i don't know you can if the if the the artist is still alive then you can change your work true yeah that that is a whole uh a, a whole phrase in literary criticism, the death of the author. Like, basically, you take the work for what it is and you completely disregard anything that the author has said about it afterwards or maybe changed in subsequent editions, but you have to look at the work strictly as a an artifact unto itself, yeah. I wonder, um, here's a weird question, if, if William Shakespeare was just like alive today like mm. time time travel brought him back to 2022 and be like here look at your <laughs> look at your plays and look at society now how would you change them that that would be interesting that would be fascinating <laughs> yeah I, I feel like shakespeare in uh ooh, i could I, I took a whole shakespeare class in college so i've got ammunition for this for this story but uh i would say Shakespeare, I feel like, was almost deified in the, like, 18th and 19th century, where, like, families, there were some poor families that would have two books in the house, and it was the Bible and a Shakespeare collection, and that was it. Wow. Yeah, so, and it became, like, a common thing, like, almost as much as seeing uh, a Bible in motel rooms that, you know, there would just be Shakespeare. that won't happen again. That won't happen again, like, because at that time in in the, I mean, Shakespeare was late 1500s, early 1600s. The printing press had just been invented also. So that's why, right? Gutenberg was around the same time. So um, they're like, let's get this out. But that won't happen again because now we have the internet and everybody's just got everything. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) It's not like there's any one universal... 
uh, artwork or artists that say, oh, well, this is great. So we've got this brand new technology. We're just going to keep cranking out copies of uh, Romeo and Juliet for everybody for centuries. Yeah. Yes. Because everybody needs to read. Yeah. We have this wealth of riches that that means that everything's significance drops down to like one or two, whereas Shakespeare uh, was so massively important. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, just interesting to think about. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, and that's uh, the other thing, is that because Shakespeare was writing for both the lower classes who were, you know, uh, standing in the mud on the ground floor, and also for the kid, like the Queen of England who would show up, there is this whole breadth of uh, different styles of both humor and also just uh, illusions and things that he was writing for the like the entire stratification of society so it's just fascinating how much each like like he would like take a second to have this whole to be or not to be like talking about the idea of morality and uh, a guy contemplating suicide but then at the same time thinking yeah but what happens what happens after I die maybe the things afterwards will be worse and then right afterwards there's like a fart joke so it's just hilarious that (laughs) yeah the the, all of like literary criticism is always focusing on the highbrow stuff but then meanwhile uh, a second later the the grave diggers will be making clown jokes and stuff so yeah, that's that's what <laughs> so I love true. about that's what I love about oh, Shakespeare yeah. is that it's it's it, it's it's both both all sides of the spectrum. So it's great. Uh huh. Yeah, we all look at it like this revered thing, but uh, they're also talking about farts. Exactly, the beast with two backs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Oh gosh. Uh, so the drug had often disturbed him. His ego was too strong, or perhaps just too simple to enjoy being eclipsed and peeled back made, made a target for more sensitive emotions they tickled at him like a cat's whiskers but this time he felt fairly calm that was good um, I, I, I just wanted to read that part because um, his ego was too strong or perhaps just too simple is an interesting thing about um, the gunslingers or Roland's psyche yeah. you know so I totally agree with you. Um, I feel like that's sort of uh, a look into kind of the his state of mind almost that he's clearly he's not taking this drug for pleasure or just to see the world in a different way. He's taking it for a very specific purpose, but and they're showing sort of why he's able to resist any kind of allure that hallucinogenics might offer. Just that because his ego, just because of the way that his ego is that he's very much staying on task and he's like, okay, I see exactly what it's doing to my brain, but I know that it's a chemical that's doing things to my brain. It's not the world around me is not changing. So it's almost like the, the allure of such things is kind of washing off of him, which feels like a little bit of foreshadowing for what's about to come totally Mm. Um, and just going back to my previous question to you I have had mushrooms and uh, with various like friends at different times and it's interesting to see different people's responses and this really made me think of like a couple people myself kind of in particular usually I'm open to to being weird and whatever but it's the people who are guarded who take you know mushrooms or LSD or something and then watch them all of a sudden be like oh I have to let my guard down like I can't 
Like this is this is making me open up right now, and it's very hard for them to notice it. And it's like, yo, just sit down. Everything's cool. It's, everything's fine. Exactly. You're gonna be fine. Just just take a look around. Where you're in a safe space. Everything's cool. You know. And, and um, I, I hate that I keep bringing this up, but it, it's just rolling. Um, being on the spectrum, man. Like, yeah. th- this is a total thing. Like, if someone with autism takes hallucinogens, <laughs> they're gonna be like, "Wait a minute," because I'm actually feeling these things all the time and stopping myself from feeling them. And now it's it's okay to feel these feelings. And <laughs> oh, I like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just what made me feel that Roland, like all of a sudden for a second could like be himself because he's been guarded his entire life. True. And he brings up his, his mother later on um, and, you know, in court later on and, and kind of some of the things that had happened in his childhood and stuff. And <laughs> it's like, I'm free, but we're going to get to the Oracle in just a second, but let's just enjoy the mescaline for now. True. <laughs> Go ahead. Ken. Yeah, that, do, do I would say, the, well, I would say, um, before I do the, the first time that I smoked pot, I would say, uh, it was me and another person who hadn't smoked it ever. And the two of us had almost diametrically opposed reactions. I was, <laughs> I was totally into it. And I was like walking around the room and kind of staring like, cause, uh, I was at a friend's house and, uh, looking at all of like different art that they had on the walls, and I was like, was sort of like looking deeply into it. And meanwhile, she was on the couch, and she was like, "I don't like this. I don't know what's going on. My legs feel swirly." Uh, and I was like, "No, no, no. It's cool. Just relax. Just relax. Uh, it's like you know, the world around you isn't changing. It's just you that's changing. Like if you go into a dark room, cool. like if you go into a dark room, like everything. No, if you're in a room and the lights turn off, everything in the room is still the same." It's just you can't see it as clearly. And then she was like, "Wait, you want me to? You want to put me in a dark room? What's going on?" And I was like, "Okay, maybe I, that was a bad analogy." Okay. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. Um, yes, that's a perfect example. And that that person was probably just an anxious person, and that's okay. It's okay to be anxious. <laughs> or even, or maybe just but, uh, her type of anxiety was just, uh, or just her brain chemistry was. Uh, against whatever the you know the yeah. pot we were smoking or something but meanwhile maybe yeah. just my type of anxiety was exactly soothed by this so who knows perhaps yeah, yeah. well I, I found that telling people to relax is often the worst thing oh to do definitely it. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> true what I, you need to do relax calm down <laughs> <laughs> you got stabbed stop bleeding <laughs> In any case, yeah, let's take anyway, a look. So forward back um, to back to Roland. Um, so yeah, just uh, before we move on, one other addition here: the little uh, right after uh, they tickled him. There's a little uh, parenthetical, and sometimes maddened him, like the t- touch of a cat's whiskers. So just sort of oh, interesting. Yeah, so he's he's not only sort of using the drugs drug for a specific purpose, but also he doesn't actually kind of like it that it's just showing that uh, let's see uh, da, 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 da. they tickled at him and sometimes maddened him like the touch of a cat's whiskers but this time he felt fairly see, calm yeah I like I like that change mm. because it, it is like I don't know Ugh. 
Yeah, it's I more... don't do mushrooms a lot or anything, just so everybody knows. You but have. The, the yeah. times that I have done it in college, whatever, um, th- that really was a feeling that you got. You're like, I like this, but I don't know if I like this. Mm. Like, I don't know if I feel okay. Like, is this good? Is this bad? And then... That's why it needs to be with a good group of people who are like, you're cool, man. Let's listen to some music. Let's, you know, exactly. it's all about walk. Exactly. You know? It's all about your state of mind. <laughs> yeah. When you're in a good place, mm-hmm. you stay at a good place. When you start off from a place of fear, it's only going to make the fear worse. Well, so that's how kind of going back to last week, really, um, this is what Roland was trying to do was, was calm himself down. Right. Because when he first ran and got Jake, he was all amped up. Exactly. And then he, he got back to camp and he's like, he, he, well, he, first he tied up Jake. Tied him up um, just to make sure he doesn't wander. Just didn't want to wander. But like, um, but he also, he, he sewed his shirt. Mm. He tousled his hair. He took a minute to like, just calm down before things got real. Exactly. You know? He cleaned off his guns. <laughs> he he went into a process that has uh, a ritualistic uh, importance to him. Going back to Roland being on the spectrum. He went back to, okay, I have to fix this and do do everything this exact way in order to make sure my guns oh, are perfect. Okay. So, so Roland was feeling good. Feeling and good. moving on. He stepped into the clearing and walked straight into the circle. He stood, letting his mind run free. Yes, it was coming harder now, faster. The grass screamed green at him. It seemed that if he bent over and rubbed his hands in it, he would stand up with green paint all over his fingers and palms. He resisted a puckish urge to try the experiment. But there was no voice from the oracle. No stirring, sexual or otherwise. So, there's another little change. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Uh, no a, a puckish urge? Yeah, I have like, a question uh, about that. Is that a Shakespeare thing? I think it like is. Puck? I think that's a, okay. a reference to Puck being sort of a, a spirit of mischief. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. So, man, wouldn't it be that awesome to have like like be a writer that like adds um, idioms to the <laughs> language and stuff? I know. Oh, there's so, so much of the English language has been changed and influenced by Shakespeare that it's unbelievable yeah there's so many things um but so yeah puck is Mids- midsummer night's dream right midsummer night's dream yes he is the yeah I'm pretty which sure this feels like yeah the the whole events of the story i think are moved by puck i forget exactly what the what the plot is i know it's a lot of it, it's one of the more the the funnier ones where they're kind of there's some misunderstandings. There's a little group of uh, players where one guy's head gets turned into a donkey, and it's all just sort mm. of uh, hilarity ensues. But um, I, I just know it from uh, it was the one from Dead Poets Society. That yeah, true. The guy was in. Um, but anyway, you want to talk about the changes? Yeah, the true. The, in the original, it just says no sexual stirring, but in the new version, it says no stirring, sexual or otherwise. So. I guess, uh, implying that other thing, it, there's no other influence that the Oracle is uh, exuding outside of this circle. So the circle is entirely oh, okay. her domain. So, which makes me think that Jake wasn't actually called by her from sleepwalking or whatever. He just happened to sleepwalk into the circle and then she just sort of grabbed him like a, like a Venus flytrap. Hmm. Okay, because I'm glad you brought that up because, well, not the Venus flytrap, but just the Oracle in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was thinking, like, is 
I don't think this is a corporeal being. Uh, I think I, I agree I with you. About yeah. That? yeah, I agree. Like it's more of an entity that's that's surrounding this area. Yeah, and and you only can be influenced by the entity if you go inside the circle. Actually, wait, now that I'm thinking about it, it says he walked straight into the circle. He stood letting his mind run free. So he is actually in the circle at this point. So I guess maybe I'm, hmm, maybe, I think the Oracle itself might be bound to the circle, but I might be jumping the gun when I say she has no influence outside of the circle, because it might have been just that she drew Jake in, but then once the gunslinger pulled out the, the jawbone, she was like repelled and then sort of might, her, yeah. yeah, she might be hiding right now is the thing. Yeah, I think. Mm. Well, yeah. Yes, it was coming harder now, faster. The grass screen green, like it, it, all of a sudden it, it, it's rushing upon him, but not until later in the page where it says, I come, I think, does the oracle actually... Yeah, I think, I think that's when it starts being the Oracle, because everything up until then, I think, is all drugs that's affecting Roland's mind. All of the, the, the mescaline, okay. I should say. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. green paint all over his fingers, which <laughs> super cool. Yeah. yeah. So, in any case, he walked up to the uh, altar, stood beside it for a moment. Coherent thought was now almost impossible. His teeth felt strange in his head. Tiny tombstones set in pink, moist earth. So, there, there's another addition there. The tiny tombstones Every thing. Time I go to the dentist now. <laughs> I will think of this line. I'm like, uh, yep, there we go. <laughs> Tiny tombstones that are being just sort of shaved away by this person with their hand in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a great description of teeth. Mm. Uh, so. Not since the Hobbit's uh, riddle. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So he has a. Uh, yep. get that reference or no? Uh, I, forget I, I forget the specific. <laughs> I forget the specific riddle, but I think I kind of remember. But uh, uh, do you have I, it I forget hand? the specific riddle. Uh, I should have. I should have had it ready to go. It was like uh, it's like ten men stamp on a hill. They champ. They stamp. They then they stand still. Or oh something. yes, I do remember that <laughs> now. Yeah, thirty white horses on a red hill. First they champ, then they stamp, then they stand still. <laughs> Something like 30, of course. 10? Nick. <laughs> How many teeth do you think Hobbits have? <laughs> These are some... Well, that, that was the joke they made in the, in the movie. It was like, I have three or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anywho. anywho. Uh, so he went to the altar. The, the basalt altar. Mm-hmm. Basalter? The basalter, yes. Uh, <laughs> so... Give some more very lovely description. Uh, the world is too bright. He, uh, his mind is a jungle of strange thought plants. Uh, uh, willow, uh, willow jungle that had grown up around a mescaline spring. Uh, the thought gave him vertigo uh, that seemed far away and unimportant. He thinks of a line of old poetry, not a nursery voice now. His mother had feared the drugs and the necessity of them, as she feared court and and the need for this beater of boys. The verse came from the Manu folk in the north of the desert, a clan of them still living among machines that didn't usually work, and which sometimes ate the men when they did. The lines played again and again, reminding him in an unconnected way that was typical of the mescaline rush of snow falling in a globe he had owned as a child, mystical and half-fantastical, beyond the reach of human range, a drop of hell, a touch of strange. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I got a, I got a bunch of things. Uh, okay. 
because I, ha- I had to reread that paragraph like three times to understand like what was going on because there's a lot of references made that are really important and talking about his mother um, and that his mother didn't like courts and mm. didn't like um, the, the beating the boys and and but <laughs> and this is why Stephen King is awesome because <laughs> he says something and he's like. It made him think of something. Not this thing that I'm going to talk about real quick. Exactly. But then this other thing, you know, like, I was like, oh, that's really, that's a really cool way of writing. Exactly. You know? so like, it's, it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like sideways exposition. Like he's, he's making you think of a thing by telling you that it's not what the character is thinking about. It's so, so it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, but it also, it, it does uh, inform your opinion because it's like, it's the opposite of this other thing. Yeah. I'm thinking of something. It's definitely not this thing. It's the opposite thing yeah. to whatever that is. Exactly. And like so, because he had mentioned earlier um, the the rain in Spain falls mainly in the plain. That uh, mm-hmm. nursery rhyme that um, brought his mother to mind. So it's a, it, the th- the thing is that because we're taking such uh, a deep dive into this, that w- uh, when Roland was thinking about that, that almost feels like it was months ago for us. But meanwhile, it was probably maybe <laughs> it, it, it may have been a, like less a than a week ago, ago in Roland time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I'm reading this extremely slowly. You've read this how many times? And yeah. this is my first time. So. <laughs> so. And Kevin and I. We try to record once a week, and sometimes it's longer than that. So, mm. <laughs> uh, it's it's hell for me to only read three pages and have to wait. <laughs> oh, true. Well, uh, in that case, let's try and uh, keep barreling forward. So you have more to read. Yes. So, a Good we've job. got uh, Roland's mother and how she was sort of disliked the uh, feared the necessity of both drugs and courts, this beater of boys. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit more of the, the nurturing motherly kind of influence, but then you have uh, the idea of another change we've got. In the original, it says, uh, this verse came from one of the dens to the north of the desert. Whereas in the new version, it says it came from the Mani folk to the north of the desert. Um, ah. So a little okay. bit more... Uh, um, little bit uh, more proper nouns that we've got going on. So Stephen King well, is being more specific. mentioned the many folk. Yes, exactly. The many folk was mentioned earlier, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Back, uh, uh, when he was talking to... Uh, talking to Brown. Zoltan. Zoltan yeah. and Brown. Exactly. Yeah, the... So... I remember. Yeah, we're, so we're <laughs> keeping it all... Uh, uh, he's uh, staying with the, the same set of references that Roland has. So... Uh, and then let's see. I think uh, okay. Well, that was the other, where men still lived among the machines that usually didn't work, and which sometimes ate the men when they did. Yeah. So that was making me think about uh, the fact that they only had electricity at um, um, Roland's village. Only the gunslingers had mm. had electricity or whatever. And then this many folk or the dens in the original but the many folk uh they had electricity but it eats them sometimes what they, let's see a cl- uh so let's see in the original it just says the where men still lived among the machines and the, the new version it says a clan of them still living among machines that didn't work but i guess it's sort still of living. saying that i don't know hmm it doesn't make it seem like they're worshipping the machines. It just makes it seem like they lived among them. So maybe they're... It's making me think like 
the Terminator a little bit. Oh, <laughs> could be. Artificial intelligence has taken over, and mm. sometimes these robots will kill you. <laughs> True, yeah. Which, did you hear apparently uh, San Francisco is having uh, um, police robots? Oh, my God. Don't like that. Yes, this... This has been put into law, and they, they can use uh, lethal force, apparently? Lethal force! Good God! Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope it's untrue, because that's worrisome. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this is the beginning of Skynet we're talking, my God! Exactly, uh. yeah. Uh, well, anyway, beyond the reach of human range, <laughs> drop of hell, touch of strange... Oh, wait, 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 we weren't right past uh, snow globes. Exactly, so if I'm did a little reference to Did snow you love globes, snow globes? I did, yeah. <laughs> I Every, whenever I see one, yeah. I'll uh, I'll still you know shake it up and just sort of let it fall. The trees and the faces. Do you want me to read there? Uh, I was actually looking up. Um, let's see. So, a touch of strange. I, yeah, I, apparently we shouldn't go past that. There is a. Uh, let's see, I'm looking online and it says that uh, it's unclear whether Stephen King made this up or borrowed it from someone named Malikoff. Allegedly, more of this poem exists and what it, uh, here's what the reviewer could find. Uh, What's left in me is uh, has been touched to fire, threw away all my desire. Beyond the reach of human range, a drop of hell, a touch of strange. Talk the devil into lighting, lighting himself on fire. What hand could have held the knife that did me to my death the meaning of my life the reason i draw breath so interesting i do want to preface that by saying it may or may not be true but uh let's um who who wrote that uh it's it's attributed to someone named malakoff uh i want to just double check this thing uh I feel like uh, Jerry Garcia read this also. Oh, this really? is reminding me of a Grateful Dead lyric, and I don't know why. Uh, there, um, there is a song called "Touch of Gray," uh, but that might—that's uh, what it made me think of. Uh, is that a, a, a drop of hell, a touch of string? Oh. Now I feel like there's a lyric in a song. But you're right, "Touch of Gray." Yeah, but I don't know. I'll have to. Double check it. You ever, you ever think sometimes, well, I don't know if our listenership will ever get to that level, but do you ever think, like, as we're saying, like, oh, I, this makes me think of something, and that, like, someone listening is going, it's this! It's this! <laughs> I am definitely that person when I it's, listen to a podcast, yes. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Every time, I'm like, like, oh, that's the answer. You guys are wrong, but huh. it's okay. I still enjoy you. Exactly. <laughs> In any case, the little poem comes to his mind. Uh, <clears throat> the trees which overhung the altar contained faces. He watched them with abstracted fascination. Here was a dragon, green and twitching. Here a wood nymph that beckon, with beckoning branch arms. Here an, a living skull overgrown with slime. Faces, faces. The grasses of the clearing suddenly whipped and bent. I come, I come. Vague stirrings in his flesh. How far I have come, he thought. From lying with Susan in sweet grass on the drop to this. So, let's see. Hmm. A couple of minor changes in there. We went from vague stirring within his flesh to just vague stirrings in his flesh. Uh, From, let's see, the original said from couching with Susan in sweet hay to this to from lying with Susan in sweet grass on the drop to this. Just... 
I guess lying is a little bit more direct than couching. I guess the the well, ca- couching just seems like pretentious college student uh, terminology. I would say. Uh, yeah, no, 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 that's true. I don't know, but the big change change there. So, Kevin, I'm so sorry. I always forget the colors. So. There's orange and yellow, right? Yes. Yellow is a straight addition that is in between two things that still exist. Orange is a change that slightly changes the meaning of what was uh, written. Blue is just a grammar change where he exchanges one word for another. Yeah, yeah. So, well, the drop, though, is is always... That's an important yellow? Yellow, yes. So basically, yes. So grass is an orange change from uh, hay to grass, and then on the drop is a yellow change to just adding in a little bit more uh, facts about uh, Roland and Susan and their time together. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. So again, the way I read them is um, I read the section in the old book, mm-hmm. just print, and then I I listen to it. And then I read it, uh, the the newer ver- version. And mm-hmm. as I'm reading the new version and listening to it, like there's little like clues in my head already. I'm like, that's a change. I know mm-hmm. that's a change, you know. And and little things like the drop or magus or just adding like names in certain ways. I'm like, oh, that's a change. Cool. We'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, anything nineteen is always a change. Uh, anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's. Oh, see. we're about to get some more numbers. Yes, some Maddie folk. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we should keep going. Yeah, go for it. I forgot. We got lots of things to talk about. Mm. Um, uh, do do do. All right. Make your prophecy. He said. Is that cool to start from there? Oh, there is actually one uh, subtraction that what I would say is a red change, which uh, usually I just have as like a, a line through. But um, let's see. So oh, she she pressed over him. She pressed over him. Uh, in her body made. Uh, let's see. She pressed over him a body made of the wind, a breast of sudden fragrant jasmine, rose, and honeysuckle. So in oh, how can I skip that? Yeah. So then, <laughs> then in the, in the new version, it's just a breast of fragrant ja- rasmin, jasmine, uh, rose, and honeysuckle. So it's uh, so taking out the word sudden, I guess. Which yeah, it doesn't really make much sense uh, that it's well, I guess just showing that all of a sudden there's um, t- there's a tech there's a tactile substance while being invisible. I guess I would call it just oh, a, so just. just- you just got rid of the word sudden there. Yeah. So I would I would huh. agree with that one, okay. just in terms of making it more brief. But basically we have that uh, it seems as though this is a th- this oracle, uh, he experiences it just through smell and through touch and sound, but it's not something that he can see. So I had done, um, I can't believe I skipped this section because oh. I did a whole bunch of research on, on scents nice. and this, flowers. This is why I bring it back. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Cause well, they keep bringing it up. Yeah. Too. The, 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 I think that's why that's just the first mention of Jasmine Rose and Honeysuckle. Yeah, Jasmine Rose and Honeysuckle um, becomes a motif in this section. Yeah. Go ahead. So these are all basically sense of love. Mm. Right. And like, but like slightly differently, Honeysuckle has to do mostly with like happiness, mm. devotion, bonds. Um, jasmine, what I was finding 
was uh, love, purity, beauty, motherhood, hmm. hospitality, good luck. All right. Um, and then Rose had a whole other thing going on because it, it was like, what does it mean? And sorry, I, I went down major wiki holes on this one. Um, but apparently there's a whole thing with, like, if you smell roses, it means, like, there's an angel around or something. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if the angel connotation would be would apply here. But in well, terms okay, of the... so this goes back. This goes back to what I was saying. What is the oracle? Is the oracle a? It's not a real thing. It, it's it's a. This is a ghost. Kind of. Yeah. I think that Roland, it's, Roland it's... walked into this circle and lied by himself on a mescaline trip, and all these things happened to him. But there was no physical being around him. I think. Yes, I think it's it, it is sort of it it's sort of halfway between sort of a, a ghost and a demon kind of where you're not quite sure if uh, if it's some sort of a otherworldly. Aren't they presence. all ghosts? So Jake is dead. We already know that, and I'm sure Roland's probably dead too. Everybody's dead, so they can all commune with each other. So who? What's a ghost then? Anyway, mm-hmm. we're all spirits. Interesting. <laughs> True. So I guess if we're going with that interpretation, then I guess if this is the afterlife, then what are the non-human entities that live here, I guess? Okay, so there's different entities from the certain souls. and Okay. Could be. Uh, like the Oracle of Delphi. What? That was actually a human, right? Didn't right, yes. Sense? Yeah, it was uh, it all basically like a, a role that... Uh, a girl from town, you know, who may have had... Who would just uh, take on. Exactly, yeah. Just being like the priest, this is the Pope. Yeah. You know, like, this is a regular guy. Yeah, it was a person who, they would inhale all of these vapors and whatnot, and then go into some sort of a a trance, and they would say various things. Some of it could be nonsense, some of it could be uh, whole sentences, and then the priests of the Oracle would then interpret them. Ah, and I think that's good going forward um, to know, because I don't think the Oracle wants to be there. Very you know, true. This seems like torture and like like a hell. Yeah, right? literally just stuck on the side of this mountain where every few hundred years, maybe somebody might walk through. So it just and, and, in this prison. Yeah. Or oh gosh, maybe they're, terrible. or maybe they're imprisoned there for a reason. Maybe this, uh, uh, maybe this oracle, yeah, maybe they did something wrong, and they were uh, whoever put those uh, standing stones there. Maybe uh, they were captured, or perhaps the stones were there just uh, as a natural, uh, naturally occurring magical sort of place that the oracle got stuck in. Who knows? Yeah, someone lured the oracle there. Could be. Uh, perhaps it was Roland. Uh, to, nah, I don't think so. No, yeah, Roland he, says he this, found this was out about this, this, exactly. He says this, this was an ancient, ancient thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 idea of stones in general makes something immediate be like, oh, that's been there a long time. Exactly. <laughs> in order for it to weather um, that yeah. long. Weathered stones. Uh, with, I'm, I'm imagining like vines growing up the sides and moss at the bottom. All right, Kevin, quick sidebar. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, how, is, how is your sense of smell? Terrible. No, we're, we're still recording. I'm just like about jasmine, rose, and honeysuckle. <laughs> I probably wouldn't know 
the difference. If you put like three into, I wouldn't even be able to do the test. I'd be like, I don't know. That smells like something. Yeah. That smells like something else. I don't know. My sense of smell is really bad. Mine too. Yeah. I have a, I, I, I think we, we definitely inherited terrible sinuses from our father. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like both of us have like very weak senses of smell. Like uh, I, I've said to Cynthia multiple times that like one of the only thi- uh, the only things that I can reliably always uh, pick up when I'm trying to smell something are coffee, smoke of any kind, and chocolate. Those are the three things that I can pick up from afar. But uh, anything else, it's always sort of a crapshoot. It depends on sort of my my the way my sinuses are feeling throughout that day. But uh, yeah, I totally agree. Like if someone blindfolded me and said, okay, smell this is, you know, one of those three things, jasmine, rose, or honeysuckle, and gave me the smell test, I probably would be the same, where I'm like, I get a kind of whiff of something, or, okay, I, I what remember if, what, what roses smell like. What if you were tasting like. those things? Oh, what if you were tasting those much things? Much stronger. My sense of taste is much stronger than my sense of smell. Not that I want to eat a rose, but no. Well, I think roses might be semi-edible. I've seen... Like rose water is something that people drink, uh, or is it like a scent? Yeah, we're clearly very. Um, uh, how do I say this? Out of our depth. Uh, y chromosome. <laughs> also true. <laughs> um, we don't wear perfume or anything like that. And, and but the thing is, jasmine, rose, and honeysuckle are very distinct smells from my very little knowledge um (laughs) and they're also part of perfumes and stuff so what's going on is there's a perfume that's going through um yeah basically the the way that i'm imagining it is that this oracle is sort of uh exuding these scents deliberately like i don't think this is what the the oracle actually smells like but i think she's trying to lure him in um the other one is okay and this is what i was just angry at myself for not looking up i was like dang it i meant to look that up um so dry hay Hmm. is mentioned a lot and um the other one is sweet adder later on yeah and so these are also um Adder is a flower. I don't want to... Spoiler for later in the thing we're about to talk about. Um, <laughs> she says, watch for the roses or something in one of the prophecies. Mm. And um, she mentions rose here. So, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. We'll, like- we'll get... We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, so <laughs> actually that makes it even more interesting. Uh, I forgot that they uh, they mentioned that, but so it's almost A, so the jasmine and honeysuckle might be perfumes to... To, to hide the rose. <laughs> well, I don't even know about to hide, but I feel like if she, t- if she makes the smell of roses first and then later says to watch for the roses, that it's almost like she knows what his driving force is and she's kind of uh ugh, ooh, i can't wait mm. okay so yeah let's just dive in or, let's just keep going mean, forward yeah. it's like <laughs> oh my god this is just like reminding me of when a teacher gave you that assignment with a whole bunch of instructions and then the last instruction said uh um disregard everything after number two or something yeah. and just write your name on the top 
That's what it feels like. It's like, um, I'm going to give you a whole bunch, but don't listen to anybody with roses. Mm. Damn it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and we'll a lot, a I, lot I, of, I'm probably uh, wrong. That's no, no, silly. no. But a lot of this is, is misdirection. I will say that. Yeah, that the, the whole, <laughs> like basically, the whole thing is misdirection. Roland is staying on oh. task. He says, make your prophecy. Tell me what I need to know. His, fo- his mouth yep. felt full of metal. So the tell me what, you, what I need to know is uh, a, new ch- uh, a new addition there just to make it a little bit more direct about what Roland is saying. Um, a sigh, a faint sound of weeping uh, hit the gunslinger's genitals were hard uh, uh, over him. And beyond the faces of the leaves, he could see the mountains hard and brutal and full of teeth. The body moved against him, struggled with him. He felt his hands curled into fists. She had sent him a vision of, Su- of Susan. It was Susan above him, lovely Susan Delgado, uh, waiting for him uh, in the, let's see, waiting for him uh, in an abandoned uh, drover's hut on the drop. With her hair spilled down her back and over her shoulders, he tossed his head, but, he, but her voice, but her face followed. So, Basically, what I'm imagining is the the oracle is sort of pressing down on top of him, invisible, but she's making him see Susan. And then sort of like he turns his head, but Susan's face is still in front of him, despite the fact that mm. the oracle's body is on top of him. So he's kind of breaking this illusion of his own accord. So he, he knows I, what's going on. Yeah, totally. I, I love uh, listening to how you're explaining it in your mind, because... I've never read a book with somebody this closely before, oh, yeah? so it's like, huh? So, like, to to, under, to understand little nuances like that, and like, how would you make this into a movie? You know, um, because that's what we're doing in our minds all the time is making a book into a movie, mm. huh? Yeah. But so Susan is his love, Susan Delgado. Indeed, yeah. Uh, the there's one uh, a few changes in there as well. They where, added the last name. Yeah, added the last name. Uh, originally, it was lovely Susan at the window. So I just love that Roland's image of her is this beautiful woman, slightly above him, a little bit far away, but looking down directly at him from the window. So that's the. That's the way I always imagined it as I was reading, that he has this sort of, uh, like, the in uh, Super Mario terms, it's the princess in the castle, this slightly out-of-reach person that, that he always has this love for. And Well, uh, so, so Roland was a gunslinger, though. He was already royalty himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a question. Um, is Susan older or younger than Roland? Uh, I think slightly older like maybe a year or the same age yeah rough with is it, it like old... is it like Stephen and tabitha oh that's a good question hmm. all right so he was born 1947 and his wife was born oh wait 1949 that, that, was, that was the f- so she's two years younger Two years younger, so you think Susan Delgado is two years younger than Roland? No, no, no. That's Su- my... Susan's a little bit older. Uh, so Susan is old. Okay, that's that was my original question. And I told you. I guess I, I threw it off. Oh, you said that. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't listening. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, always the problem with uh, discourse. Sometimes we don't hear each other. Hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. So, just, uh, so, so, so he's got this vision of Susan over him that the Oracle sent. Indeed, yeah. And, and so these smells of jasmine, rose, and honeysuckle and old hay and stuff, is that uh, that the Oracle knows these are things that Roland is going to react to? Like, if you could have put any person in there and, and Oracle's like, oh, I got the... I got the scent for you. This is uh, old garbage and lemons <laughs> and uh, uh, cat fur. <laughs> <laughs> for people who and that's like the thing that's going to get you going. <laughs> exactly for people who like having a sex in a dumpster outside of a, a restaurant. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that those were the smells, uh, but <laughs> or it could be like uh, here's ooh that would be very interesting. Like you just walk into like. Uh, uh, oh. I'm imagining, imagining an amusement park or something. Mm. You, like you walk into a photo booth or something, but instead of a photo booth, it's it's a smell booth, mm. and and it reads your your body chemistry and says, "Here are the smells that will make you feel amorous, mm. or, or make you feel anything. Here are the smells that'll make you want to go." win at a sport or something. Here's the smells that'll make you focus for a test. Here's the smells that'll make you fall asleep. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm actually imagining what all of those smells would be. Like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like uh, cut grass and um, let's see, what else would be a, a smell to make you uh, want to do better at a sport? Uh, I'm imagining also like <laughs> chalk for like the for like the foul lines uh, or at like a baseball field uh, for some reason. So, so do you think it's the memory of a thing that makes you want to do a thing or just here is a, a chemical that just will make you do the thing? Oh, mm. interesting. Hmm. Does the memory you know, come that's before? What smell is all. Smell is is it goes. It's a neurotransmitter. It's a, it's a chemical that's taken into your nose, just like uh, taste. Um, well, really, yeah. Those are the only two scents that are like that. That that's um, extrasensory and and a, and a chemical neurotransmitter. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I wish my sense of smell was better. True, but. As I like, put my nose right up to the book and smell it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's book smell." <laughs> that's book smell, and yeah. now you feel a feeling. Exactly. Based but, upon that, but but <laughs> is it is it the chemicals that make the feeling, or is it the association to of our brain to the memory to the chemical that makes uh, the feeling? I feel like it's the yeah, the that, brain association to the chem, to the memory. Mm. Okay, so you think it's the extra step that gets you there, right? Exactly, than, yeah, because I mean, because nothing exists in a vacuum. We we all are, you know, we're all in a cage of our own experience and uh, perceptions. So, uh, <laughs> do, do you ever think we just think too much about this stuff? And I mean, therefore, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that, uh, again, I we only don't just let it happen naturally. Sure. <laughs> but because I'm imagining that, be, because my experience is like just understanding what's happening that I know that it is what's happening, that I more experience things like uh, it's a roundabout way of saying that, you know, I think too much about what's happening to me. Therefore I experience it more directly because I'm thinking about what's happening. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's called living in the moment. Exactly. I think. And, and to truly live in the moment, you have to appreciate everything that's going on and then forget about everything that's going on mm. at the same time. And, you know? And I think um, 
it, yeah, it takes a certain type of zen to get to that moment where you're like, all these things are working at once, and I'm appreciating them all at once, and now let's move on and let it go on. And I think there's some people who go through, and, and it's, it's funny how I host karaoke, Kevin, mm-hmm. and it's, it's very... <laughs> It's a lot of fun. I love singing karaoke. As um, do I. Hosting it, hosting it can be a little bit uh, interesting because it involves customer service and uh, you know having just random people come up to you. And I love talking to random people. It's you fine. Do. But every, every once in a while, those random people, it's like, hmm, who let you out in public? <laughs> you, you, no, you didn't learn the rules of like you know society and yeah. stuff. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> I and totally know what you it mean. It just takes, but it takes like patience on my end to be like, oh, sure, no problem, and mm-hmm. that's why that's my job, you know, and, exactly. and that's why I've been a teacher, and you know, like I can understand this and talk to people. But if I wasn't like that, like, and I'm as I'm talking to these people, I'm like, oh my god, if I was, I, I could just react and like punch this person. Oh, god. I wouldn't do that. I would never do that. Hmm. But someone would. Hmm. <laughs> so Very true. this is what I'm saying. It, like imagining all the possibilities that are going on in a situation all at the same time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And then, but I mean, I feel like that's also kind of goes back to what we were saying about uh, both your memories and also your perception of events totally changes the way that you react to the world. Like, um, what was I going to say? The mm. like you were saying before about living in the moment and <laughs> now living in the moment and experiencing things as they are. And meanwhile, like this just occurred to me just before we started recording, like I was sitting at the computer and sort of getting ready and one of my cats jumped into my lap and uh, I've been sort of I I went out last night and uh, right. Basically, I came home from work, kind of got myself settled and then went right back out again. So she was kind of cuddling up right against me. And so I gave her like a big hug and like it lasted for a while. Mm. She was purring and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this. And but but, so sounds awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So she was like super happy to see me and everything. And in my head, I'm saying, appreciate this. Appreciate this. This is a great thing. But like the. I guess just the endorphins weren't there or something, but it also at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm giving her a hug, so she's enjoying this. So I guess that matters more than whether or not I'm getting whatever my brain chemicals should be feeling or whatever. So I guess the hmm. the, the overall event, event is the same, So, but as long as I appreciate that the event happened and... That, you know, she was enjoying being hugged. I was enjoying being hugged. So it, it it's it's a whole, like, thing, yeah. So it makes it... it so it, reciprocating with your cat is important, as well with anybody. Certainly. You know? And yeah. your oracle. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And but I, I, feel, I, but my, I feel the same way. Yeah, but my point was, I guess, just that, you know, our own perception of events while adjusted while influencing how we react is sometimes not as important as our reaction to events like the things you do are more important than what you feel is my overall thesis Mm. yeah that's good i like that thesis indeed so but yeah that's but 
Basically, yes. A, textbook overthinker, and overthinking to the point where emotional response is lessened. But as long as, you know, I'm putting positivity out into the world, I feel like that's all that matters, is my thought. Totally. That's what I try to do every day. Same here. (laughs) So, yeah. So, in any case, so Roland is feeling the mescaline, but he's resisting to it. The the Oracle is putting these thoughts and memories into his perception. And it makes me... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) Right away. He's feeling the mescaline, but he's resisting it. Then why did he do it in the first place to... I don't know. Interesting. Or is he resisting the oracle? <laughs> that is a very good point. Yeah, like, maybe it's like, he's... wait, I need to focus. I wish I hadn't taken these mushrooms. It's like, yeah, you, you shouldn't took have mushrooms. taken them. <laughs> it was your choice, bro. Very, well, very okay, true. So, and, but and maybe that just goes back to the addict in, in general, because it's not the first time he's done mescaline. Like, very true. Right? Yeah. He's got these things in his pouch, so... He's just got it ready for when he needs it. Yeah. You know, Which, but as then, a true addict was. True. Would. But that is also a good always makes me, point to bring it, up that uh, just keep it in the back of your mind that uh, Roland is a little bit of an addict. Um, but yeah. I would like uh, maybe, you know, he's resisting the drug, he's resisting the Oracle, but the drug was taken to make him more receptive to the Oracle. So maybe his default sense of being is to be resistant so therefore that's why he took the drug sort of so to give him a little bit more like he knows that he would be pushing this oracle away from him and he's still doing it but the drug is to make him more accepting and to make him sort of perceive whatever her prophecy is if he, so I, I gotcha. If he yeah. had gone in without the, the mescaline, he, he wouldn't have been able to accept it at all. Exactly. Like, he just would have gone in, so, gun, guns yeah. drawn, and just started shooting at things, probably, because that's his default uh, <laughs> that's just response. He yeah. he's, a dr- he's a gunslinger. <laughs> he's going to sling those guns. What's happening? Speak prophecy. Speak truth. Right? Are we up to that? Exactly. So he says, speak tra- prophecy, and then add it in, speak truth. Uh so the oracle is just pleading with him. Please, don't be so cold. It's always so cold here. Uh, hands slipping over his flesh, manipulating, lighting him on fire, pulling him, drawing. A perfumed black crevice, wet and warm. No, cold, dry, sterile. So she's sort of putting these images in his head of very sexual things. But in in Roland's head, he's sort of putting up these walls to sort of block off. He's like, no, prophecy first and then maybe afterwards. So she says, have a touch of mercy, gunslinger. Ah, oh, please. I cry your favor, mercy. Uh, let's see, before we go too far, just wanted to point in, point out, um, there's a couple of changes where uh, added in a perfumed black crevice. Uh, uh, just perfumed, but uh, in the original, it's just a black crevice. And then it says the ultimate wanton, uh, wet and warm. And so the ultimate wanton, I feel like may have been like an old fashioned freeze or something. I feel like wanton well, doesn't really wanton. Uh, there's a whole Zeppelin song called the wanton song. Indeed. Wanton just means uh, um, like like a um, like a yearning or a need, hmm. right? Yeah. Want? Of course. What I'm looking at says uh, sexually unrestrained or having many casual sexual relationships, typically used of a woman. So I guess it's kind of in this context, it's a little bit misogynistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the definition you saw is different. The one I 
What did that just say? Of a cruel or violent action, deliberate and unprovoked. So that, yeah, that's, I, I see that as the number one description, but then the oh, number I two, two. I, I figured in this context was more probably making it Typically seem... Typically used of a woman, it actually says that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I feel like in, the, it, it almost seems like uh, a little bit sort of slut-shaming, kind of. I, so I, I like that yeah, he took out that a terrible one. word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a... I'm going to try not to use that word, but now I am looking up the lyrics to the Wanton song. <laughs> yeah, that makes a little bit more sense like, in terms of uh, said Led Zeppelin. And, um, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah, I'm looking at the lyrics right yeah. now. Yeah, there you go. Man, I'm trying to think how this goes. Um, Silent woman in the night you came, took my seed from my shaking frame. Same old fire, another flame, and the wheel, wheel rolls on. Ooh. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can't think of what th- this song is. I know this song. Oh yeah. So the Wanton song is totally the Oracle. That that's got to be the walk-in music. Yeah, that's her intro music coming in. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now now that I know that that definition is what uh, the is probably what the title of the song means, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so basically, this is about whoever is the singer of the song talking about probably going to a hooker. I'm gonna say, <laughs> Eesh. yeah, most likely. Well, well anyway, yeah, back to indeed. Romans. Glad I am glad that that change was made. Now that I know that definition of the word wanton, yeah, <laughs> the ultimate wanton. Yeah. Uh, so, what did they change it to in the new one? In the new one, they I... just took it out. It was just a straight subtraction. Oh, they yeah, took out ultimate wanton. Yeah, yeah. it just says. Yeah, it's uh, a messed up word. Mm. <laughs> okay, so moving on. So anyway, now, so now... so she's putting in these like images and feelings of uh, desire and whatnot. Roland is just putting up this cold metal uh, uh, sort of a wall between him and her. and Or it. You know, who, who knows what kind of uh, an oracle this is. Uh, though I think... Uh, huh, does he say yeah, she? Yeah, why, why does he trust anything this... He doesn't. Oracle has to say. He do- well, ooh, ooh okay. good point. Oh, Let's take so it he, all with like do- a grain of salt. I think he <laughs> he doesn't trust the feelings that he's feeling, but I think he he knows that, uh, like the let's see the the sexual desire he feels like is fake, but I think he thinks that the prophecy will be true. So that's why he says, "You have to give me true prophecy. Tell me what I need to know. Speak truth." So he and he's almost saying, if you give me what I want, then I'll give you what you want, sort of. So gotcha. she says, have a touch of mercy, gunslinger. Ah, please. I cry your favor. So um, but, 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 uh, in the original, it just says, ah, please, I beg your favor. Boy? 
Yeah, exactly. Did you have mercy on the boy? Yes. What boy? I don't need boys. You're the one that I need. Dry hay with its ghost of summer clover. Oil decanted from ancient urns. A riot for flesh. So she's just <laughs> plying him with as many like sexual scents as he can, as she can mm-hmm. throw at him. And then, then he, exactly. <laughs> That's how, a, about how about try that? Her, her superpower. Yeah, she's yeah. like, take the scent. Just like, I need to control this person. Here's this specific scent that will get you to react. It's true. I guess that's the whole point of perfume, right? Exactly. Uh, Hormonal response. Olfactory? Olfactory response. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she said, and then he says, after, and then added in, if you tell me what is useful. And she says, now, please, now. Uh, so he let his mind coil out at her, the antithesis of emotion. The body that hung over him froze and seemed to scream. There was a brief, vicious tug of war between his temples. His mind was the rope, gray and fibrous. For long moments there was no sound but the quiet hush of his breathing, and the faint breeze that made the green faces in the trees shift, wink, and grimace. No bird sang. His Her hold hmm. loosened. Again, there was the sound of sobbing. It would have to be quick, or she would leave him. To stay now meant attenuation, perhaps her own kind of death. Already, he felt her chilling, drawing away to leave the circle of stones. Oh, so she can leave. Ooh, maybe that's another Mm. wrinkle. Huh. So maybe the stones is just where they can interact. she felt the drawing to leave. She always feels the drawing to leave the stones. Hmm. But she can't. Gotcha. Okay, okay. I could see that. All right. Hmm. All right. Her drawing away. He could feel her huh. chilling. Chilling was added in as well in the new version. Uh, drawing away to leave the circle of stones. So she's trying to leave. But she may or may not be capable of leaving. Well, we'll see. So, I don't think so. Or she, she needs his. Uh, she needs his love. Uh, his, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come and get your love. <laughs> so, and then he says uh, again with just Roland's bluntness, prophecy, and he's he said, and then an even bleaker noun, truth, and then uh, let's see what was the original original version said. Prophecy, he said, a bleak noun. So the couple little changes in there. So, but also he, in the original, he keeps just saying prophecy. I want prophecy. But then in the new version, he's saying prophecy, but truth. Tell me what I need to know. So in the new version, mm-hmm. Roland's even more savvy. He's he's being more specific okay. that he's saying, okay, I want you to tell me prophecy, but I want it to be true prophecy. So, okay, in the original it says prophecy, he said, oblique noun. Yeah. What does it say in the new one? The new one it says prophecy, he said, and then an evil, even bleaker noun, truth. So, implying... Uh-huh. Yeah, Interesting. Im- yeah, implying that <laughs> prophecy was the first bleak noun, but then an even bleaker is truth, yeah. It's truth, yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, I That's like a cool it. change. I like that. Uh, a, we call that one orange, right? Exactly, precisely, yeah. So, uh, a weeping, tired sigh. So basically, Roland is playing a very, very uh, delicate game where he's like, okay, I have to keep her on the rope just long enough that I know she's absolutely desperate. So I know she's going to tell me the actually true prophecy. But I also don't want to hold her up. I don't want 
to go too far, and then she might snap and she might break. So he he's he, he's 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 fishing a little bit. He's he wants to keep her on the line, but he doesn't want the line to go too taut so that it might break. So it's uh, that's mm. the the mental image that went into my mind as he's he's trying to yeah. you know he's trying to like. He's um, trying to get information. It's like he's interrogating her. Exactly. Almost. Yeah. He's interrogating he's like, her. I, yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm sure I, there's I, some, I like it's not. Yeah, it's not good cop, bad cop. But I'm sure there's some interrogation term for like, oh, I've got this, you know, cool jug of water here that I know you haven't been able to drink for a long time. So as soon as you tell me what you need to know, I'll give you a sip of water. Well, I mean, also, uh, Roland's been going across the desert for quite some time. When's the last time he's, you know, uh, destroyed Tull? That was many months ago. That's also the time, last time he had some loving. So he, he also is uh, interested in getting some, like, it's just interesting to see the, the, the balance of power here. Mm. And it's like, wait, does anybody have power or should anyone have power? And like, I don't know. But exactly. Um, yeah, the, the, it, it does seem like sex is very transactional for Roland. He'll sleep with Allie, but she but only if she tells him uh, what uh, or get, only gives if, him a bed, gives him food. True. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'll sleep with Allie if she tells him about what happened with the man in black. He'll sleep with this oracle if she tells him this true prophecy of what's to come later. Like, it seems like he's uh, using, you know, he hit. Uh, his guns are his uh, go-to like tool for interacting with the world, but sex is very much his, the coin that he has to give to the various women that want something from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but anyway, um, it, it looks like they've come to an agreement. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, basically, the, a weeping, tired sigh. He could almost have granted the mercies she begged, but there was Jake. He would have found Jake dead or insane if he had been any later on last night. So it almost seems like Roland is a little bit tempted to just give in, but then he remembers Jake, and he's like, no, she would have killed Jake. So he's like, no, I will only give you what you want if you give me what I want first. So his, yeah, yeah his protection of Jake almost causes him to maintain his resolve that, no, 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 no. I'm not going to get lured in by this sex demon, so I'm going to, yeah, <laughs> I, I have to have the prophecy first, he, then I'll give you really something in return. Yeah, yeah. Well, he really immediately uh, made a connection to Jake then. Oh, totally, uh, to, yeah. To feel this strongly, because he's only known him for, I don't know, how long has it been since the way station? I guess long enough. You ever go on a camping trip with somebody? You're like, ah, this guy's fucking awesome. Exactly. I'd be his friend forever. It's true. Yeah, I feel like. But, well, especially if they were 11 and on their own, you'd be like, oh, well, I need to watch out for this guy. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, a Roland has been walking by himself for so long that he is desperate for companionship without realizing that he is. So. He has been just, you know, going along his single-minded, narrow-minded quest, following the man in black. Once I get him, he will lead me on to the next step in my quest. But then the next he, step is the boy. Yeah. And so the next step is the oracle. Yeah. So, but him we're, finding we're about to get some. Sorry. No, but him finding Jake like awake awakens something within Roland. I feel like that he has these feelings of nurturing and protection that. 
you know, the guy who shot up the entire village of Tull probably didn't feel. So I feel like him hmm. uh, having this sort of sense of love towards Jake sort of has kind of made him a more well-defined person as opposed to just this single-minded robot that's just been walking along this desert and being like, well, hmm. I could be hungry, but I have decided not to feel hungry. So I will just <laughs> let my, I will only eat two beans per day because that's what my body requires. So, but then now exactly. that he's back he's, to he's, he's blossoming as a human being exactly he's, he's learning and, and becoming more as yeah. he moves on and yeah, experiences like, more yeah and I feel like that whole thing of him kind of breaking himself down to being like I am only a gunslinger I have my guns and I shoot them and that's all that I do and I have to follow the man in black mm-hmm. because that is the quest I'm on but now that he has met Jake he's becoming more of a fully evolved like person so I feel like that's kind of yeah. the, the point of the story yeah I think that's what I'm understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Cool. Uh, where are we now? So basically, the so the oracle kind of gives in. No, yeah. then half sleep. Yeah. Is that where we're at? Exactly, yeah. So apparently this prophecy has to be given in, if not full sleep, then at least in sort of a, a half sleep so that he can sort of feel this prophecy more directly i guess uh so in an addition in the new version after half sleep it says what she asked was dangerous but also probably necessary so just establishing that the this half sleep is just necessary for the prophecy to to work um so he turned his face up to the faces in the leaves a play was being enacted there for his amusement uh, worlds rose and fell before him. Empires were built along shining sands where forever where forever machines toiled in uh, abstract electronic frenzies. Empires declined, fell, rose again. The rose again was an addition. The originally it just said empires declined mm-hmm. and fell. Wheels that had spun like silent liquid moved more slowly, began to squeak, began to scream, stopped. Sand choked the stainless steel gutters of concentric streets below dark skies full of stars like beds of cold jewels, and through it all a dying wind of change blew, bringing with it the cinnamon smell of late October. The gunslinger watched as the world moved on and half-slept. So just hmm. that whole paragraph is just so fascinating. Yes. Oh, like, <laughs> so I, again, what I do is I, I read, listen, then read. And like, I was so excited to listen to this part to like hear what he did. And, um, I want this to like, like this is a whole scene in a movie this could be like episodes in a movie. <laughs> this whole little thing that happened right there, like all the visions that he has as at that moment, empires declined and fell. Like you could have whole like plot sets of like different things happening and growing around you, or exactly like, like definite time lapse C- stuff CGI happening. Yeah, kind of time lapse. I guess would be the smart way to do it. Yeah, yeah like I feel but, like I'm imagining. Uh, did you ever see uh, the Time Machine? I didn't see the original version, but I saw the more recent one. Where with um what was it uh oh what's his face the guy from Christian memento Bell? no no the other one oh, that- um Guy, uh, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. That's yes. his name. Yeah, like as he is shifting the time machine into going into the future, there is sort of this whole image of like time lapses, years are going by, and you, you see buildings like crumble to the sand and be rebuilt and crumble oh, yeah. to the sand again. Like there's. Sort of like that. Yeah. yeah, like that's what I'm imagining in this whole thing. Like, but 
It makes me wonder why, though. Like, is it he's falling asleep and she's showing him the the progress of time? Or is this sort of what he's imagining? I I don't know. I think that's a really important paragraph, Kev. Because I I think that's really telling us what's going on on everything else. It's like, the Oracle then rewound time and fucking rejiggered this dude's... (laughs) neurons and synapses and stuff right now exactly yeah and and like uh don't remember this and forget about this part of history you know which makes slept yeah which makes me think that i feel like this is just sort of uh yeah a play was being enacted there for his amusement worlds rose and fell before him so i feel like this is almost (laughs) roland's perceptive perception of what history is of everything Mm -hmm. that's happened beforehand in this in this world that he he lives in like empires were built and fell the what is it um wheels that had spun like silent liquid slowly creaked and then screamed and then stopped like um uh, well, it say, sounds like the, the fact that there was electricity that used to work and now doesn't. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Empires were built across shining sands where forever machines like is it where for where forever machines had toiled or where forever machines toiled on? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought of it. The, I thought it was the second thing. Yeah. When I read it. But, but it could. Forever machines. Yeah, it could go both ways. Mach- oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a comma there? Wait. <laughs> I do not see a comma now. Um, <laughs> no, there's no comma in mine. We're forever. Where forever. Yeah, we're forever, forever machines, machines toiled. So we're saying these machines last forever and they toil along the in abstract electronic frenzies. So basically these machines that were designed to build for designed to last forever outlived the empires that they were designed to serve. So they're just sitting mm-hmm. there and they've got no purpose anymore, but they're just sort of existing like that. That one pump that's just at the way station with no one around, and then Jake is like, "Oh yeah, uh, this thing still works." Uh, so I feel like that's just sort of a. I don't know if it's a metaphor or if it's an allusion to things that Roland has seen around that the machines have long outlasted the empires that they were designed for. So oh, um, I love that. Ooh, I, I, I never paid that I much know. attention to this paragraph, but you're right; it's really important. Um, <laughs> this is a super important paragraph. Yeah, right? I, I so. So, personally, I would say that this paragraph kind of, I feel like it kind of goes against your everybody is dead theory, that I feel like this kind of shows that there is this long history of this world before now, and that, as we say, the world has moved on. So, this is kind of implying that we're kind of almost in end times, kind of, that these empires have come and fall and these giant uh, these machines that were uh built to last forever are almost at the end of forever kind of and they're start of mm-hmm. s- starting to squeak and squeal and scream and the okay. the wheels of time are starting to fall so <laughs> that's just how i took it okay so in any case now we are finally we, at the we prophecy another, we, we, oh go ahead we go got ahead. another smell yeah we got another smell in there exactly. cinnamon yeah, the cinnamon yeah, smell so. of late October, a dying wind of change. <laughs> so it, it, I guess this is the smell of like the end of harvest, like the, the, the I guess that's what October brings to mind, like we're we're about to fall into the winter. So that that all makes me think sort of we're in like just 
it's it's so far post-apocalypse that it's pre like final apocalypse kind of so it almost seems mm. like this is like the end of the world kind of to me well cinnamon is a uh, it's bark it right? is yes so it comes off a tree sort of uh it would be an older thing that comes off it's, you know, true yeah it's shed yeah, you know I mean? it's like, it's like, like we were saying about the, the tree outside of our house, the bark that just sort of peels off as a sign of the end of, uh, what is it, as winter is approaching, kind of. Yeah, uh, sycamore. Sycamore, yep. Right? I believe it was a sycamore. Um, what was I just going to say? Cinnamon? Sense? <sighs> yeah, it was something about cinnamon. You said it was a bark. Oh, uh, and I'm sorry, I was just going to say that um, jasmine, rose, and honeysuckle are all flowers. They're, they're growing reproductive bodies. So, right. Yeah, yeah so it's, I, it's true. It's a much different sense, kind of showing that the oracle is sort of shifted into a, a different a different groove, if you will. So, so mm-hmm. like, first it was sort of like sex, sex, and then now it's like, okay, here is the scent of right. change and prophecy. <laughs> yeah. So cinnamon is the scent of dystopia. I could see that. Yeah. I'm imagining sort of like a dry scent of almost things that have uh, just sort of withered away. Yeah. Whereas I feel like... It's just a hint of post-apocalypse. <laughs> uh, true. I imagine post-apocalypse smelling like sort of a an oily kind of uh, petrochemical stink with a little bit of sand tossed in. In any case, we get to the prophecy. So, three. This is the number of your feet. And so here in the book that I'm seeing, it's sort of showing that the Oracle is speaking in italics, but Roland is speaking in just plain uh, non-italicized text. That's that's what I got to in mind. Indeed. So Roland says three. Yes, three is mystic. Three stands at the heart of your quest. Another number comes later, but now the number is three. So there, there's a big change. Originally, it just said, mm-hmm. uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yes, three is mystic. Three stands at the heart of your mantra. But in the new version, it says three stands at the heart of your quest. And then added in, mm-hmm. another, com- another number comes later, but now the number is three. So w- uh, definitely. Oh, that is a big addition. Yeah, that's that, a big that's, addition. So, uh, what, what colors are the additions? Additions are yellow. Uh, orange is a change yellow. that changes the, the meaning, yeah. That's right. Yellow. Yeah. Yellow change. Indeed. So, um, then he says, <laughs> which three? We see in part, and thus is the mirror of prophecy darkened. So, now we've got another uh, Bible reference. Because uh, originally, uh, we see as through a glass darkly, I want to say... Uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see through a glass, darkly, but then to face, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as also I am known. So personally, I I feel like that sort of means that um, in life we see... uh, we only see like a little bit of the true meaning of things, but then when we die, we will see, th- we will see all things clearly. So interesting. Yeah, I did not know that one. Have... So that was a Bible reference. Indeed. Yeah. So back to our mirror prophecy darkened. Mm. We see in part, and thus in the mirror of prophecy darkened. Mm. So then he says, "Tell me what you can." The first is young. 
dark-haired. He stands on the brink of robbery and murder. A demon has infested him. The name of the demon is heroin. And yes, there is the second drug. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about that. Mm. I forget, I forget. Like, not really, because he's like, what's that? Yeah. What's that demon? Mean? He's he, like, what is he that demon? He has no idea what LSD is, obviously. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, but masculine has uh, made the, the crossover into fantasy world. But uh, so, what de- so in the new version, it says, what demon is that? I know it not, even from my tutor's lessons. The original says, I know it not, even from nursery stories. So sort of changing that happily uh, nursery rhymes do not uh, have a lot of different demons within them. So glad that uh, Mm -hmm. it changed to uh, his tutor is telling him of various demons. So which Mm -hmm. which also makes you think that so demons are not a uh, a fantasy device in this world. Demons are basically like saying, okay, here are the different uh, types of like lizards or whatnot. Here are the types of demons. Things to watch out Things for. Things to watch yeah. out for, exactly. So it doesn't necessarily mean like mythical things. It's like right. your demon can be don't I don't know. Uh <laughs> don't touch that plant. It's poisonous, you know? That's a demon. True. Or you know, sometimes demons stand in the middle of a, a circle with, and in, here are some ways to fight off this demon. Uh, mescaline works really well. Uh, I'm just imagining, like, 11-year-old Roland going, okay, mescaline. A jawbone. Yeah, if, jawbone if sometimes helps. you got a jawbone, yeah. <laughs> handy. Yeah. <laughs> so if this is like a, this is totally a video game in my head, mm. also, that, like, Jake and Roland are on, and they're just, like, accumulating, you know, Things along the way. Exactly. They're so putting like, items. Ooh, like, jawbone. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> Boop-a-da-boo. Yeah. <laughs> do you think they do the like swirly jump? Exactly. When they get yeah. It? I got a jawbone. <laughs> jawbone bonus. Well, added. Okay. Yeah. So what he's accumulating right now is knowledge. Exactly. Um, so whether it's good knowledge or bad, it's a prophecy. It I don't is the know. prophecy. We'll yes. And we. Because so of three? because Roland has uh, strung this demon along just long enough, we ha- we have to assume that this is true prophecy. So she mm-hmm. says, uh, "We see in part, and thus is the mirror of prophecy darkened once again." So there are other worlds, gunslinger, and other demons. These waters are deep, and an addition again. Uh, watch for the doorways. Watch for the roses and the unfound doorways. So there is a big change. Uh, Mm-hmm. That so a we've established. I thought I saw roses. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, this so so this is blowing my mind right now that Stephen King, uh, you know, added in a little bit of rose imagery into this first book because, uh, okay, it's it's within this prophecy. So I'll just tell you that roses become more significant later on. Uh, okay, so. And then, so Roland and, just and sort so of. So, what about jasmine and honeysuckle? Or jasmine and honeysuckle do not. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a whole new world kind of thing. Happening. Uh, shining, shimmering splendor. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the jasmine that that brought to mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> good, good, yeah. So, so Roland just sort of passes jasmine that guy off. Yeah. From never mind. <laughs> From uh, a different world, yeah. Uh, yes, a different world. Also, uh, Dead Like Me. Uh, she was great in that show. But in any case, so yeah. Roland says, the second. Yeah, so, wonderful she's, actress. Indeed, she's great. So, the second. <laughs> the second comes on wheels. Uh, hold on. 
So I, uh, in the original, Wait, real, real quick, real quick, yeah, be- before you go on to the to the second, heroin sucks. And if any, I've never done that. Thank God. I, yeah, I've I never done that. I hope uh, no one ever will do this drug, but I know people who have, and unfortunately, some of them are not with us anymore. So hmm. heroin is bad, and when it comes to calling something a demon, that is. Um, one of the worst there is. So don't yeah. do heroin, everybody. Indeed. In huge capital letters. Exactly. Yeah. In, in yeah, very large capital letters, all caps. It says heroin. So yes, this is bad. a very bad. Yes. So mm-hmm. indeed, we'll we'll see good. what happens with heroin. So well, if you, if you add an e to the end of that, you get something good. Very true. So heroin plus ecstasy <laughs> must be great. No, no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> No, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Speaking like a heroine, you know, like uh, Katniss Everdeen. Exactly, yes. <laughs> uh, she's talking about three is mystic, three stands at the heart of her quest, and so Roland immediately thinks three mean, must mean three people. So he says, which three? So... Uh, so definitely not a, a leap that I would have made. I would have been like three of what? So, but Roland immediately knows that this means three individuals. So three people, yeah. So, right, so, so the first is young and dark haired. So that means it's not Jake. Correct. Yes, Jake right? is blonde. Jake, yeah. he, he specifically said he, his corn colored hair that he tussled or whatever. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we know um, that this is so, going to be so a, right another person. Then who's? Another person. Indeed. Um, uh, Here, I'll I'll continue reading. The second, she comes on wheels. Her mind is iron, but her heart and eyes are soft. I see no more. Is that all you have? So in the new version, it actually subtracted that whole description. And it just says, she comes on wheels. I see no more. So I feel like, I wonder if Stephen King was (laughs) like, "Uh, so... I'm going to have this person who comes on wheels, but I don't know if I would say her mind is iron, but her heart and eyes are soft. So maybe he changed his mind there. So he took that whole thing off uh, and he just says, okay, it, what, she still comes on wheels. That's all we got to say. Wow. Is that as a deletion? What, what do you, what color is that? That's one? red. Red. Mm. It's a red change, folks. A red change. No her mind desire, but her heart and eyes are soft. Instead, it just goes from she comes on wheels. That's all she's got. No more. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, the third in chains. The man in black, where is he? Near. You will speak with him. Of what will we speak? The tower. The boy? Jake? Okay, I'm going to stop right there because I feel like there's additions. There's definitely changes there. Uh, so in the, in the new version, it, he says the third, and her response is death, but not for you. So that is mm. entirely different than uh, the third is a person in chains. So mm. and Death, but not for you. Exactly. But then once she says death, but not for you, he says the man in black, where is he? So it almost seems like a non sequitur at this point that... I mean, actually, maybe not. Maybe, hmm. I guess he, yeah, in in either case, Roland is just saying, okay, this third person's in chains. I don't care. This third person is deaf, but not for me. Whatever. Tell me about the man in black. This is what I'm actually here for. So. Uh, okay. So what I read it as was the third in chains, the man in black. Where's it near? Like it, it made me think that the third was the man in black. And that the man in black is in chains. 
But we know that he's not. Exactly. Or maybe they're all in chains. Metaphorical you know? chains. We're all tethered to this mortal coil. Hmm. Yeah, t- I, um, I still kind of feel like... It's not talking... You think the third... Okay, what was the change again? I'm sorry. So it went from... Instead, said uh, the, the third... The, you, here, you read the whole thing. And okay. I'm going to be quiet. So in the new version, it says, The third, death, but not for you. The man in black, where is he? So in the old version, it said, The third, in chains. The man in black, where is oh, he? Oh, I see. Yeah. So basically, it's still almost as brief, but it's still, it's still just talk. Death, but not for you. Yeah, death, but not for you. So we'll see what happens. So th- we got another reference to the tower the that tower. I don't know what it means yet. Indeed, but we'll, we'll get to it. Indeed, original tower. Boy, Jake. Also, originally, it just said near. You will speak with him, but in the new version, it says near. You will speak with him soon. So she's putting a she's putting a clock on it that the the man in black will uh, speak with uh, the gunslinger very soon. So that well, that's you, the thing with any mystery box is you, you gotta you gotta open it eventually. very true otherwise yeah. it's like come on guys yeah what, what's happening here who's the man in black i want to know what's in the box <laughs> <laughs> what's in the box oh god so all right uh tell me of the boy the boy is your gateway to the man in black the man in black is your gate to the three the three are your way to the dark tower how how can that be why must it be we see in part, and thus in the mirror. God damn you! No, God damned me. Don't patronize me, thing. I'm stronger than you. What do they call you then, star slut, whore of the winds? Some live on love that comes to the ancient places, even in these sad and evil times. Some gunslinger live on blood. Even I understand on the blood. Even, I understand, on the blood of young boys. May he not be spared? Yes. How? Cease, gunslinger. Strike your camp and turn west. In the west, there is still need of men who live by the bullet. I am uh, sworn by my father's guns and by the treachery of Martin. Martin is no more. The man in black has eaten his soul. This you know. I am sworn, and you are damned. Have your way with me, bitch. All right, I feel like there was a lot of changes in there. I was there, gonna stop, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna finish. Yeah, reading barrel through. Yeah, we can always uh, go one change at a time as we go. But so, <laughs> yeah, so we got a couple of small changes in there. The boy is your gateway. Is now just the boy is your gate to the man in black. Potato, potato. Yeah. I feel like it's just brevity. I guess I don't know. Um, then we've got uh, what do they call you? Is now what shall I call you? Uh, so real quick, um, we got our like game plan here. Yeah. All right. First, this leads to this, and then this leads to this. Exactly. So, we've got. This we've, is kind of where we're going in the story. Yeah, we've got uh, <laughs> steps here. So the boy is the gateway to the man in black. The man in black is the gateway to the three, and the three are your way to the tower. So. Roland is like, okay, so I've got a little bit of an outline of how things are going to go in the future, but how and why? And we see in uh, parts, and thus is the mirror. Bah, 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 shut up. Uh, so, <laughs> and then when he says, God damn you, she, uh, she says, no God damned me. Uh, or, so, I, li- I, li- I like that line. It's like a 
quick like retort. Exactly. Like, God damn you. No, God damned me. Like, but I feel like there is the importance <laughs> of the comma because if it was no comma, God damned me, it was say, he, she would say it was, it would be her saying, uh, no, it's already been done. But since there's no comma, she's saying, no, God has damned me. So she is not damned. Oh, no. Mm. I thought it was no comma, God damned me. Mm. Like, oh, oh, wow, that is a huge difference. Actually. Exactly, yeah. And no I feel God like. God damned me. Yeah, so I feel like since there's no, <laughs> since there's no comma or grammatical change there, I feel like that's more in line with what he means, with what Stephen King means. That, he, that yeah, she's mean, saying that, she, no, I'm not damned. Yeah. Or, but. What, what is the God that they have? Ka or something? Mm. Is that what they're. I don't know what Ka is. It's it's more like, complex I, than that. I, I it's not it specifically a deity. No, I would say no. Okay. Um, to say the word God back and forth means that they understand what gods are. Very true. <laughs> uh, so let's see. So uh, one subtraction we've got in there is Roland says, "Don't patronize me." Thing. Um, in the original, it says, "I'm stronger than you," but in the new version, he took that out. So I feel like that's kind of implying that Roland is a little bit less uh, sure of himself, a little bit less cocky. He's not going to tell this mm. immortal de- uh, demon that he's stronger than she is. Uh, so okay, I guess before we go past it, Whore of the Winds would be a, a great name for uh, a, a, a boat. Whore of boat. the Winds. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> You know, just like on the side of the boat. Uh, maybe not. Or <laughs> Star Sluts is... Uh, <laughs> that's a band I saw once. They were awesome. Really? That's a, that's an actual thing? <laughs> no, I just made that oh, up. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some bands called themselves after a, a Stephen King line, because there, there are a few. There probably uh, is a band called Star Slut. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to look it up. Star slut. I think there's a Horror of the Winds casino out here. No, Angel of the Winds is what they call it. <laughs> so Urban Dictionary, our good friend, uh, apparently, according to Urban Dictionary, Star Slut is a mid- Midwestern woman in her 30s, usually divorced, with or without kids, who prides herself on watching sci-fi shows such as Dark, uh, Doctor Who and specifically Star Trek. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Star Slut. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, but now, according to uh, Google, there is no band called uh, Star Slut. Uh, oh, darn. <laughs> okay. So, in any case, uh, so then we got some more... Uh, let's see. So that was actually the biggest change. Um, we also changed West to Northwest. Uh, in the new version, it says... Oh, yeah, I saw that. In the new yeah. version, it says, Strike your camp and turn back Northwest. In the Northwest, there is still a need for men who live by the bullet. Um, but still, so right now they're moving southeast. Is that right? I think so. Like northwest would be the exact opposite. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, basically, I, turn around I'm, is the answer. <laughs> turn around, go the other way. Exactly, but still, Martin is the uh, Martin's still there in both versions. Uh, I'm sworn by my father's guns and the treachery of Martin. Martin is no more. The man in black has eaten his soul. This you know. So that's just another fascinating thing that this. Uh, hmm. Martin was mentioned before. That's the guy that had the the the, 
relationship with his mother? Yes. Yes. And and, and broke the town apart or whatever? Of I know things, but I'm I don't know. I'm trying to hide like my future knowledge from yeah. uh no, no, don't tell me then. Don't tell me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> when in doubt, say nothing to Nick. No. Um, but wait, I wanted to go back to something real quick. I'm sorry. Um, it's not that she was, uh, the Oracle was telling him to, to turn around. It's if he wanted to spare the boy, he would have to turn around. Mm. Right? May yeah. he not be spared? Yes. How can he be spared? Oh, well, just turn around. But like, it's not like you have to turn around. It's like this; these are your choices. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Do you want to go forward on your uh, quest to the tower, or do you want to spare the boy? Because from what yeah. this oracle is telling him, they are mutually exclusive. Don't worry about Martin. Man in Black is eaten sold. The Man in Black is Martin, essentially. If he's eaten the soul, or that's what I say. Possibly. Or are they saying that the man in black has literally eaten? Okay, so A, we've got the man in black has eaten well, his soul. How can soul. you literally eat something that's figurative? Well, I mean, <laughs> this is a world of magic. Maybe they can, uh, I guess. you know, Dementor style, suck the man's soul out of his body. Who knows? Oh, that's their soul. It's right there. Yeah, it's, it's this little bluish thing. white light. Yeah, it comes out of their body. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a bluish white light with the soul. I, I want my soul to be like... Like Technicolor, glittering, I don't know. I always... It's just huh. something, something a little more fancy. Or just like, my soul is this um, uh, little teddy bear that's over there. Aww. It's small, it's cuddly, it just sits there. Adorable. <laughs> True. I, if we're speaking just in terms of uh, a colored light, for some reason, I was thinking more in terms of... I feel like mine would be sort of a... Like a rich reddish mahogany kind of sort of like like heartwood almost like but it, oh, what color it would be yeah huh if it had to be a color hmm that's a good color for you kev mm, thank that's, you are you a gryffindor when it comes to harry potter uh hufflepuff or actually. are you a hufflepuff yeah. yeah i'm also a hufflepuff indeed we are Soft-spoken the, 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 and uh, always eager to make make <laughs> peace and uh, try and keep yeah. everything fair so everybody wins. Both Hufflepuffs, that sounds about right. Mm. <laughs> Middle kids. Mm. Um. But yeah, so in any case... Uh, uh, yeah, what color would mine be? I don't know. What color would my soul be? It'd be a greenish, like a, like a forest that. green. Yeah. Forest green, yeah. True, the color of uh, biology yeah, and life, yeah. Yeah, that's... Plant life, yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. But in any case, so so Martin is no more. The man in black has eaten his soul. So I feel like there are two ways to take that. Either there's A, the literal of the man in black uh, has sucked the soul out of uh, this Martin person and consumed it and made it part of his magic or whatever. Then there's B, there's the metaphorical. There's like the Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader kind of thing where maybe in becoming the man in black, uh, Martin has transformed into something different. So, could go in either direction. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, so, basically, so... Uh, I should... Pers- <laughs> you what? I, I, I need to do a better job at, like, after you say things, doing more than gun. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Instead okay. of, like, being like, 
<laughs> just, it, it, I agree, and I, I, I need to be like, no, that is not true, but you're telling me. I mean, obvious facts. Way. Well, I mean, I, I, those are my interpretations of that line of the, the text. I'm not saying it's 100% true or not. It's just, you know, those are the ways that I'm thinking about it. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, sounds great. All right, all right. So I just, just, I just want to add more. Well, you know, I feel like you're adding a ton of stuff with all the research and whatnot and. Uh, a lot of our tangents and uh, fun stuff as well. So you know, I feel like we're we, we've got a good back and forth going. It's a it's a tennis match. It's not just me bouncing the ball up and down. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. We're trying our best. Exactly. Um, so in any case, Roland is satisfied with this prophecy, where she says he says, "I am sworn." She says, "Then you are damned," and he's just like, "Fine, fine, have your way with me." So now, mm-hmm. basically the. The shadow swung over him, enfolded him. There's a sudden ecstasy, broken only by a galaxy of pain, as faint and bright as an ancient star has gone red with collapse. Faces ki- came to him unbidden at the climax of their coupling. Sylvia Pittston, Alice, the woman from Tull, Susan, a do- dozen others. So, basically just all of these thoughts are going through his mind, and finally, after an eternity, pushed her away... Uh, once again in his right mind, bone-weary and disgusted. No, it isn't enough. It hold, No, go ahead. Hold on a second. Yeah, there's some changes Sorry, in there. Sorry, uh, I just wanted to go back to that litany of names there. Sylvia Pitson, um, Alice, comma, then the woman. From, so there was Ali, right, is the woman from Tull? Uh, and then there's also eight... Well, in this case, it says, so I feel like the punctuation matters here. So it says, faces came to him unbidden at the climax of their coupling, uh, colon, Sylvia Pittston, semicolon, Alice, comma, the woman from Tull, semicolon, Susan, semicolon, a dozen others. That's what I'm seeing in the new version. Oh, and, and you have no Aileen? I do not have Aileen. Yeah, that's, that's a subtraction there. Oh. Okay. So... So I guess that was just a name that he know went nowhere with. Yeah, so I feel like that's a there- hundred others. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That th- there's some major changes there. Um, so I feel like grammatically, I feel like Stephen King wanted to make it clear that Alice is the woman from Tull. So uh, okay, okay. So so okay. that's that's some, that's a good change. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. So. Yeah, so that's why he went semicolon, comma, semicolon, to make uh, it more clear that Sylvia Pittston, then Alice, who is the woman of, from Tull, then Susan, then a dozen others. Thank God that it's not a so, hundred others, man. So, uh, yeah, he went for Stephen King, like... <laughs> wait, wait, what did, what did it say in the new one? The new one, it, it just says a dozen others. So making, dozen others. making Roland a bit more... <laughs> Uh, a bit less uh, <laughs> sexually active, Loose let's say. Man, yeah, jeez, yeah, a hundred others. Good lord, Roland. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just going from town to town, <laughs> going from port to port. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it does. So I, I feel like so, a dozen uh, seems more in line with Roland's uh, sexuality. That it seems like. After Susan, that he's a little bit more... It seems like Roland is much more of a romantic than in terms of use, uh, having sex just for fun. 
So I would say that sex is much more of a romantic sentiment in his mind or and then later on throughout his quest, sex becomes much more transactional, as we've said, where he's Mm. using sex to get information or to get food and shelter from uh, people. So he's more having sex for other people's benefit or to obtain something that he's having sex for his own pleasure. So it seems like after... Yeah. Is, he, is he saying these names in the order in which that he recently had sex with them? I don't think like, so, oh, because okay. it goes... Sylvia Pittston, then Alice... Because he never has the, sex uh, with Sylvia. The Sylvia Pittston, he he was turned on by her, but he. But no, I thought that was I thought that was insinuated. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, the it seems oh, like uh, she just you know he gives her the the gun barrel abortion and then it's over. I don't think he ever actually has sex with her. Um, gun so barrel it, abortion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, a, yeah. a tough scene. That yeah, was terrible. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it seems like it's just these are the women that he has felt sexual attraction for in his past. So it seems like Aileen mm-hmm. almost was subtracted from the entire story based on that subtraction okay. from 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 the new version. I would say. And well, he also I, I think because it, it uh, conflicts with who he was comparing um, Jake to a little while ago. He said uh, he's like he wasn't like Bert. He was more like Alan. Yeah, or, it's true. Yeah, right? those two names. I feel like I, I think that's the reason for the change. I, I think he may have combined aspects of Aileen and Susan together later on in the in uh, future books. So he decided, mm-hmm. okay, having this woman Aileen, this plotline never went anywhere. So I'll just subtract her from the original. And also, since he had this new character named Elaine, uh, A-L-A-I-N, it's too similar to Aileen. So he figured, so Elaine is his, uh, um, his friend that reminds him of, J- of Jake. Or reminds mm-hmm. Jake of Elaine. Whatever. Point being. Aileen, yeah. who's in this one, with E-E-N at the end, in the original book. Yeah. So yeah. Took her out. Um, no, it isn't enough. All right. Uh, let me be, the gunslinger said. He sat up and almost fell off the altar before regaining his feet. She touched him tentatively. Honeysuckle, jasmine, sweet adder. That's the other one I didn't look up. Sweet adder. I, sweet I adder is a different the, uh, thing. Hang on. I, I know a little bit about that, but let me just... Uh, <laughs> let me just look it up. Um, yeah, another perfume. Uh, just another perfume, yeah. Yeah. And he pushed her violently, falling to his knees. He staggered up and made his drunken way to the perimeter of the circle. He staggered through, feeling a huge weight fall from his shoulders. He drew a shuddering, weeping breath. As he started away, he could feel her standing at the bars of her prison, watching him go from her. He wondered how long it might be before someone else crossed the desert and found her, hungry and alone. For a moment, he felt dwarfed by the possibilities of time. Ooh. So, yeah, we're so in that case, we're definitely decided that she is bound in this circle. So she can't actually yeah. escape. OK, yeah. OK, now now we're sure. A um, couple of a uh, couple of changes in there as well. Uh, 
So he says in the new version, uh, he took out the first stagger. So uh, since it's stagger, he staggered. And so since two sentences in a row start with he staggered. Uh, now, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, in the new version, <laughs> it just says he made his drunken way to the perimeter. He staggered through. In the old version, it says he staggered up and made his drunken way to the perimeter, then staggered through again. So just kind of eliminating redundant words. Um <laughs> and then also we've got an addition right after he drew a shuddering, weeping breath. Had he learned enough to justify this feeling of defilement? He didn't know. In time, he supposed he would. So mm. sort of both A, coloring the fact that he feels disgusted after this, that he was used by this uh, uh, demon that he managed mm. to get information from. Exactly, the succubus. <laughs> so he uh, kind of thinking that oh was it even worth it i don't know i guess only time will tell basically uh, uh, did is it worth it like what information do you really get there's three the three people uh, vague three there's a man in black he knows the man in black already right something called heroin i don't know is that just a guy's name too or are they actually talking about the drug who knows we'll find out um, and a, a woman on wheels mm. that's all i got for you she comes on wheels in fact i'm going to take out the little bit of information I gave you in the original yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, his. On wheels. You know what that makes me think of? You ever see The Wiz? Uh, yes. Not The Wiz. Uh, uh, Return to Oz. Yes. That's the one I'm The Wheelers. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. So scary. True, yeah. A totally different uh, mental picture as opposed so to. But I think she comes on wheels. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's a wheeler coming our way. Sure, could Terrible. be. We will see. All we know is it, she comes on wheels. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> Though right yeah, now that exactly. made me think. I, I, <laughs> that made me think of uh, the Rolling Stones song. Uh, She's a rainbow. Where uh, she comes in colors everywhere. That would have worked for the uh, mescaline part. Uh, True. While yeah. he was walking through and looking around at things, that would have exactly. Been yeah. The, the grass <laughs> is so is so green that he wants to just. Yeah, he wants to rub his hands on it and uh, get all the chlorophyll <laughs> on his hands, yeah. So, yeah. The, and then just uh, him having a little bit of uh, sympathy or empathy for her as he just sees her at the bars of her prison and just he wondered how long it might be before someone else crossed the desert and found her hungry and alone, yeah. just dwarfed by yeah. the possibilities like- of time. Mm. And just the the prison that is immortality, kind of. Uh. Exactly. Mm. Um, man, so many things. First of all, dwarfed by the possibilities of time. That's that's how I feel a lot of the time. You know, it's like I'm very small compared to everything around me. Exactly. You know, yeah, so we just are a moment. Yeah. That, yeah, we are nothing compared to the billions and billions of years that things have been around. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, in the the geo um, in the geological scale of time, humanity has been here for a wink, and that's all we've had blink. thus far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, oh, what's his face? Oh, Kevin, help me out. Uh, uh, are you saying billion, uh, billions and billions? The, the yes. what's the Carl Sagan. guy's name? Carl Sagan. That's it. He has the whole thing with the the. Life t- or timeline of Earth going for like a year. Exactly. And basically, humanity comes about at 
New Year's Eve <laughs> at 1231 and uh, 41 sec or 45 seconds or something. Oh, it's 12, it's 1231. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. I, I thought he was even later than that. I thought there was like 1157. I mean, 12, not, why did I say why did I say 1230? Uh, I meant 1231 is like the date. 1231, 1259 or 1159, 50. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My bad. OK. When I said 1231, I meant like December 31st at a, a very 15 seconds before, not even 15 seconds, probably. Yeah, I thought it was like three closer. seconds, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how much humanity is. And exactly. everything else is... Everything that came from like January, January to about April is just nothing. And then you get bacteria in like May. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, more ge- geology forming and uh, the, well, exactly not, not nothing, magma. Yeah, me. no uh, life if, as far as life goes. Yeah. I'm sorry, the first life. <laughs> but yes, all my geologist friends would be very upset with me for being like, "A lot is going on." All right, <laughs> let's talk about the rock cycle. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> all different. Uh, all of the magma of Earth, like. Uh, you know the can pressure we of the center. Convection yeah. for a second, All right. <laughs> like tectonics, for God's sake. Yeah, very important. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm constantly dwarfed by the possibility of time. Plate tectonics is a great exactly, example yeah. of that. Uh, um, well, so I think what are you is, is that we've reached our. I think that's our uh, that's our our line for today. Yeah, we've gone. Uh, oh my, we are at uh, uh, two, over two hours now. So I think that's a good place to <laughs> yeah. call it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're good there, and we'll come back to it uh, next time. Indeed. Um, so. Uh, thank you all for for joining us. Indeed. We've had a good time. Yeah, uh, uh, Ken, I think we've learned a lot or questioned a lot. Indeed. Did you have something else? And you? only through questions can we learn. Uh, so yeah, I would say <laughs> next time uh, I, I say let's go. F- let's try to finish. Let's read until the end of this section, uh, till the end of the Oracle in the Mountain, and then ne- uh, next time we'll come back and uh, discuss the end of this uh, this chapter. Yeah, I think we can get to the end. I oh think my goodness! So. Oh, I shouldn't turn the page. Oh no! You saw a picture. I didn't see a picture. I just saw a the name of the next chapter. Mm, gotcha. But I guess that's okay. Well, chapter titles—they're right. right in the the, the table of contents. Right. I feel like that's yeah, okay. It's, it's, so, the slow mutants is next. The slow that's the slow cool. mutants will be our next uh, section after that. But first, we got to finish up with interesting. This we got to finish the Indeed. oracle in the mountain. Yes, we finished with, well, we finished I up think, with the oral oracle. I think so. Now it's just mountain moving forward. That was a pretty important uh, thing that happened. Definitely, a lot of talking, and this is this was a pretty good long episode. So, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. You can uh, check us out on uh, Facebook at our page. It's just called Chapter Brothers. Um, <laughs> until then, uh, long days and pleasant nights, Kev. And may you have twice the number. <laughs> Love you so much, brother. Love you too. <laughs>